0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh,
1: it's a straight up screamer.
0: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858.
2: Up the day's sporting issues deep into the night. This is extra time on SENZ. Guns and Roses there, Ben. Jimmy Barnes knocking on Heaven's door. Not a bad version, mate. Good evening, anyway, everyone. And S-E-N-Z land. Mark Watson with you through to 11. Ben Francis alongside of me. Evening to you, Ben. Evening, mate. I'm a little bit more chirpier than I was yesterday afternoon, mate. really? I was oh, really? fired up after one o'clock. I tried, I tried poking the bear a bit before coming on air. It didn't really work, but I did oh, give it no. a go. you got to get the faults of the nation sometimes. I mean, it was a pretty disappointing weekend of sport, wasn't it? Um. Yeah, uh, look, before we sort of get into it, and we are going to open the line shortly and see if we can get a little bit of talk back. I mean, you've had a really cool weekend because you were down at the Darts Masters in Hamilton.
3: Oh, probably one of the best weekends I've had in a while. And the best way I can sum it up is that it was a true sense of our normality resuming uh, in terms of just international events coming here. Uh, of course, it was meant to be staged in 2020. And as we know, that, COVID threw up so many curveballs and it was coming back and wasn't. So it was great being down there. Uh, and then, yeah, the crowd weren't too happy when the uh, All Blacks news was filtering out, but a couple of people in the crowd said, oh, maybe the, the All Blacks could have used Gerwin Price uh, for throwing a, th- a few line-out balls after Toki came off.
2: Yeah, so Gerwin Price, the number one darts player in the world, came from a very, very good rugby background. He was a rugby forward, and I think you even asked him that question, didn't you, in one of your interviews. Hey, we've got some more interviews from the darts that we're going to play tonight throughout the evening, because I know you did a wonderful job down there. I've seen a lot of it up on social media.
3: Yeah, so grabbed a couple here. Uh, one of them will be with the chief executive of the Professional Darts Corporation, which is Matt Porter. Yep, He uh, used to be the CEO of Leighton Orion Football Club, I believe. Oh, brilliant. And I've also uh, spoke to Dimitri Vandenberg, who reached the semifinals, and it was his first time here, and he kind of spoke about his love for New Zealand and his... And so the, where's he from? He's from Belgium. Yep. He's the Belgium number one, and he spoke about his desire to come back. He had his uh, fiance and eight-month-old baby with him as well, and they both loved it. Here, so.
2: Yeah, and he was quite interested too, wasn't he? In in understanding a little bit more about the Maori culture.
3: Yeah, exactly. So when he when he's in England, he stays with a guy called Damon Heter, who's the Australian yep. number one. His dad is Maori, and uh, they gave Dimitri a, a necklace made out of greenstone, yep. and he said, "You know, one of the best things he's ever gotten," and that's another reason why he wants to learn a bit a bit about it, learn about the different tribes and a bit about the history here. So that was really fascinating hearing a guy like that just mm. come here, spend a few days here and just fall in love with it. Ah, mm.
2: oh, fantastic. So we'll look at that. Uh, look after 10 o'clock too. Guy McRae out of the UK, a broadcaster I've worked with a man, I've got a lot of respect for. Big Tottenham Hotspur fan. We are going to talk a lot of English Premier League football. Uh, it's amazing how many people somewhere who follow rugby, rugby league, netball, cricket, whatever the sport might be, who have an interest in English football and can at least give you a team they support or do like. So we'll talk some English Premier League football. But look, the telephone number here is 0800 okay? I want you to be a part of the program. I really want to hear from you tonight. 800 150 I'm not going to go on a big, long rant like I did yesterday. You can find that on different forms of social media. I'll summarise what I did say, though, in rounds, um, Ian Foster. I've basically said, look, Um, Ian Foster needs to resign. Um, You know, I think if he's got any sort of integrity that he does need to resign. That This has become a bit of a joke. Uh, New Zealand rugby have backed themselves into a corner by saying they now back him completely through to the World Cup. And so the only way we're going to get out of this mess is for Ian Foster to say, look, you know, in hindsight, I came in with the best interests, but yeah perhaps I'm not the right guy and maybe for the greater good of New Zealand rugby, I need to stand down. Uh, There's been a lot of social media on this. I know that a lot of the shows have been dominated by this. We've probably had more interaction around that loss against Argentina than we've probably had previously um, over the last year since the station was established. If you've been listening today or you haven't had a chance to have your say We'll give you that opportunity now. Um, In this day and age with social media and the way news is reported, news is old news very quickly. But if you do want to have your say still on the All Black situation, how you would remedy it, uh, what you think the solutions are, um, is it a player issue, is it a coaching issue, is it a combination of both, then the lines are open. I'd love somebody to jump on the phone and kick that off. 0800 150 811. I'm going to sit back and listen more tonight. I'm not going to necessarily jump up and down and give you a whole lot of my rhetoric. Okay? Uh, The other thing that I found, I've I've got to be honest, um, somewhat amusing. And I just trying to sort of get my head around this. I don't want to be a doom and gloom merchant because it's going to sound like everything I'm saying is quite negative. But I will come to some positive things shortly. But I've got to say I was a bit perplexed by the comments of Stacey Jones after the Warriors were beaten and conceded 45 points. And Stacey has come out and said this. We had players pull out at the last minute, and we already had a couple ruled out earlier, and it made it a lot tougher. But I thought the boys dug deep at times. It was disappointing just before halftime when we let in a couple of quick tries and disappointing for the players in the end. We had a bit of ball and could have scored a consolation try. But then they go down and score. I thought there were some boys who put their hand up tonight against a very good team. Um, and let's just have a look. Sorry, I just screenshotted this so I could actually remember it. But basically the headline read that Stacey Jones felt it was an improved performance. I just don't know how you can say that was an improved performance when you concede 45 points. Is that how low the Warriors have got? That we're actually finding good and celebrating the positives when 45 points are put on you. They're giving free tickets away for the final home game as well. It's been a strange old year because the sports that seem to get all the media coverage have all been the sports that have failed miserably this year. You look at the men's cricket team, lost that series in England, 3-0. Netball didn't do great at the Commonwealth Games, won a bronze medal, but let's be honest, that is failure in that sport. We've had the Warriors being woeful, and now the All Blacks. And yet our athletes in the truly global sports such as cycling, have stood up this year. Our swimmers have stood up this year. Lisa Carrington stood up again this year, track and field stars have stood up, and they struggle to get coverage. So I think a little bit later we might do sort of a bit of a year, half year review on if we were having the Helbergs tomorrow, who might get the gongs, who might be nominated. And does there need to be a shift in the way we report in the media here? Everybody is so stuck in their ways, aren't they? They just feel constantly, it needs to be a rugby league story. It needs to be a rugby story. It needs to be a netball story. It needs to be a cricket story. But I I love this quote. Henry Ford once said, if I just went to the customer and asked them what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. And of course, he gave the world the car. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know or what you want until it's put in front of you. Uh, The women's rugby team, congratulations to them beating the Australians, the Wallaroos, on the weekend. Not their best performance in comparison to the first test victory here at home, but a win is a win. I, be honest, I don't watch a lot of rugby, and I didn't watch that women's test. And I'm going to put my hand up and say I'm not an expert on it. But if you did watch it, what are your impressions? Can we win this Women's Rugby World Cup? How much a difference has Wayne Smith made? Or do we not have the player stocks? 0800. 150811. Let's go to the phones. Hi, Eugene.
1: Yeah, how you going? Uh, what a weekend. Uh, look, I, I thought uh, Richard Lowe coming out... Um, Uh, settled a few issues and you must have uh, liked him being a bit blunt and honest um, after what's been a hell of a week uh, for the All Blacks Uh, First of all, congratulations to Argentina Um, I think we underestimated the Australian form when they went over there, lucky to win the first game and then got thrashed and um, just probably uh, different scheduling and better matchups. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and uh, look, um, I think everyone uh, has to accept that uh, the coach has to make changes. He's not going to get sacked. So um, he has to make those immediate changes, uh, mm-hmm. period. Yep, well, we better beat Argentina uh, because Australia uh, are, are looking good to win the Bedisloe Cup. And, and that's a big if. It's, what, 2002 was the last time Australia won?
2: Yeah, it was. It was John Eels kicking from the sideline down there, I think, in Wellington actually. Um always remember that. Um always remember that particular test too. Big John Eels kicking from the sideline to win that and win the Bledisloe Cup. Uh Eugene, can I ask you this then? and I see Sir John Kerwin's come out on a Sky Show saying that look, it's probably time Sam Kane missed a test. Um, not so much because he's perhaps not good enough, but Kerwin feels that he's certainly out of form and that maybe you possibly bring in a papalihi um, in at 7 or uh, you, you look at putting Adi Severe at 7 and maybe bring a Hoskins, or 2 in and play him at 8. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, that's a great point you make. But before we look at being dynamic and poor Adi Savir being a one-man band and obviously the, um, the tactics against New Zealand, we have to go back and get decent props. If you look at the Irish game they were big bodies and dominant, like England. That's why I liked Australia to beat uh, South Africa, I believe. Uh, I believe they, the way they played the other day, they lied down. And even in the Johannesburg game, when a lot of Kiwis had money on the All Blacks, because the guy came out and said they're going to win 2-0. Um, so, and, and they, they're a bit dodgy, South Africa. So I think the, the All Blacks... Um, are in the same boat as South Africa, but but you know they they better bounce back this week. Oh, I, I, you're right on Papaliti. You're right on Hoskins Situ. Uh, I thought a guy like Jacobson, a bit of a mongrel.
2: Yeah, um, hey, hey Eugene, uh, Eugene, Eugene, you're right on Jacobson. Jacobson is the forgotten man. Uh, I, I agree with yeah. you. In fact, he's not even—he hasn't even been in my thought process. So I'm pleased you bring up Luke Jacobson because I do like him. I think there is a little bit of that sort of mongrel in him, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, really good alternative at eight at the moment. I, I just think a lot of people want to see Artie Severe play at seven. Um, I, I just don't have. I, I people just and, and look, we might not know everything, but I think the general rugby—I think we're a knowledgeable rugby public, and I think the general sentiment is that Sam Kane is not, at the moment, good enough to be in the starting lineup.
1: You're right. Uh, he's got to go. Uh, Papali, he, even uh,
2: Satutu uh,
1: and the big fella uh, for the Chiefs, uh, the other number eight.
2: Sawakula. Uh, he,
1: mm. Yeah. He, 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 he can make some mistakes, but off the bench, an impact and being blooded mm. in the... You know, yeah. he needs game
4: time.
2: Yeah. Look, look, look Eugene, I appreciate your calling. thank you for kicking things off. Uh, telephone number, if you want to join the program, oh eight hundred one five zero eight double one You can text us here on 8833. Um, but we can't just keep putting the same players out there hoping that's going to turn it around. You just can't keep doing it. Uh, Dave, good evening. Welcome.
5: G'day, Mark. Hey, um, you, you're right about putting the same players out. That's the definition of insanity, and we know where that goes. I think a couple of things. First of all, the worries. I think forty four quarter margin, I think he based his comments on uh, other margins on um, the week before where West got done by sixty odd points and then the Broncos the night before by forty odd. It's not you can't you can't gauge performance by someone else's beating though. Um and like you say, our teams it's the women's cricket team, they did no good. Yeah agree cricket, that's
2: another one. Well said what,
5: Yeah, the warriors, you know, it's just there is
6: it well, it, 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 it's, it
2: seems to be the sports that are getting paid and the sports that have a players' association and the sports that seem to be out there negotiating seem to be the sports that are falling over at the moment. And I'll keep saying this, Dave. The, yeah. the greatest ingredient an athlete can have is a thing called passion and desire. But the only way you tr- A lot of people will talk about it, but the only way you truly test it is adversity. Now, when you look at these teams and the amount of money that they're getting paid, the amount of staff that are around them and how easily they can con the public and how tough they do it, you wonder how much, you actually wonder how much adversity any of them actually have faced in recent times. Yet you go and look at our cyclists, you go and look at our swimmers. They know that they don't, if they don't perform, they're not going to make a living, they're not going to get any recognition. And so they're there for all the right reasons.
5: Yeah, you're right. Look, out of that 200 million, the Players Association are so going to get uh, 760,000, 38%. Yeah, seven, eight, 760, 7, seven, 78 million, yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah, sorry. And Menorah 2 have only got a squad of 28 because they, they had to cut four players. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> you know, they're a, a provincial union and. I, and I did tell you that Hawke's Bay had get a good crowd last week, eight thousand. Yeah, no, you, you did,
2: and I'm really pleased that Hawke's Bay, and there are still some regions of the country that are a throwback to the good old days, and they're behind their MPC side, and yeah. it's also it's We're a test, but it We're also ju- it's also a nice little. This is and New Zealand rugby should be should be looking at that, going, you know what, there is actually still a lot of interest in the NPC, so rather than us just pushing it to one side, perhaps we need to invest more in it. Going back to your point, though, regarding um, this, you know, $215 million, what, what's the name of the, sorry, the agreement there? Uh. Ben? Uh, Silver,
5: Lake. Silver Lake. Silver Lake, sorry,
2: i just having a mental block. That Silver Lake agreement, it's hard to believe, isn't it, that the Players Association are going to get $78 million, and yet our 14 unions in this country are going to get about a $1 million each initially. And you think, well, yeah. where does that go? What is $1 million these days in sport? And Manawatu can barely afford to put a team on the park. And you go back and you look at the rich history of Manawatu rugby, and it's just a travesty. And then we wonder why, because we've because we have um what's the word because we have slowly eroded that level of rugby we're wondering why our players are suddenly no good or that perhaps they're lacking that little bit of mongrel lore and then you take it even a step further i mean i watched the auckland team a couple of weeks ago getting beaten by bay of plenty and i thought auckland club rugby must be awful because the quality of players and the quality of play from auckland was absolutely diabolical and you're thinking to yourself the first thing we need to address, forget the schoolboy rugby, forget St. Kennegan's College, the first thing we need to address is senior club rugby, and then we need to make sure that we are investing in provincial rugby. If we don't do that, we're not going to survive.
5: Yep, I agree. I, I think Super Rugby's had its day, and that's why you're getting better crowds to NPC, and it's more provincial, and i I think you go back to the old days where we started rugby in February, and it was MPC, and you graduated from that. Club rugby to your province, to the All Blacks, you know? But it's funny,
2: isn't it? Because, you know, you get a coach and someone says, oh, Scott Robertson should be um, the All Black coach. And then people will come out and say, yeah, but hang on a minute, he's only coached here, he hasn't coached overseas, he hasn't really paid his dues. And you go, yeah, well, hang on a minute. How can we expect players to make the All Blacks and be world class straight out of school? Surely they should, surely the philosophy should be the same hey, you, you come through a school system, whatever school, you, you become outstanding at senior club rugby, you make an impact at um, MPC level, and then you might come into super rugby, and then you get picked for the All Blacks. But the mentality is now, oh, no, we don't need those other layers. As long as we've got St. Kennigans College here in Auckland, as long as we've got King's College, as long as we've got a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, superstars at a schoolboy level, we're going to be OK. And, and now, now the reality is coming home to roost, Dave.
5: Yeah, you did right. Look, I went to I Napier Boys High, and uh, great a school man called Richard Turner. Yep, Stuart, Stuart Foster. They they went to club rugby played Forks Bay, and then they because Hawkes Bay doesn't have a university, they left the province, and now we you know we find ourselves with two All Blacks halfbacks, and Brody, Retellick, hardly ever play, but the crowd part of that crowd would have just gone to see All Blacks. You know they were draw card. Um, getting with the All Blacks, Mark, I think, look, they've said they're not going to sack the coach, which is we're not going to win. The, the only solution if these guys fall on their sword and we get the professor and um, Graham Henry after they've finished uh, organising the woman to maybe take a year's contract, and that, that, that'll be our only chance. But that caller before uh, me with Jacobson, I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about him. He's you need a big man at eight, you know, your Nick Williams or, you know, we used to have big men, you know, at eight mm. Buck Shelford. you know, guys mm. with mongrel, mana, that would play literally bleed for the jersey. Well, Buck, mm. literally bleed for the jersey. That's not there. Um Sam Kane, uh, he's a good player, but if you look behind the posts when when we were in trouble, it was Sam Whitelock and Artie Savir doing the talking, not Sam Kane. And like some of those changes on Sunday mm. night are just yeah, uh, poor Perifoto. That's insulting to what they did uh, to Perifoto.
2: I know. Look, I, I, I mentioned that. You say that was just tokenism. That's not yeah. a way a guy wants to make his All Black debut. Hey, Dave, lovely to have you on the program. Appreciate you phoning. Thank you for listening. Telephone number is oh eight hundred one five zero eight double one. We've got a spare line there for the first time. If you do want to call through to the program, uh, look as I said, I'm just going to sit back and listen. I had my little rant yesterday, but if you have listened throughout the last twenty four hours, you haven't had a chance because of work or whatever to phone, have your say. You've got a solution for the All Blacks. You just want to vent, feel free. I'll be your psychologist. I'll probably just tell you to close your eyes. Visualise the tide coming in and the tide going out. Tide coming in, tide going out. Okay? I had to do a little bit of that myself yesterday when I went home, just sort of mellow and chill. Okay. Uh, look, and, and just the Warriors' comments. Um, I've had a bit to do with Stacey Jones over there. I used to look after him as an athlete when I was sports marketing manager at Nike and I've always had a great relationship with Stacey and he's in a pretty tough position but I do find it and I, I know it came from the right place with Stacey but how can you find positives when your opposition team puts 45 points on you and you've won only seven games in a season? Surely we haven't reached such low depth that people out there are celebrating improvements in the game even though we're losing it's professional sport the only currency in professional sport is winning that's it that's what you measured by Um, 0800 150811 you can text us here on 8833 SENZ Mark Watson with you on this beautiful Monday night certainly in Auckland telephone number Oh eight hundred one five oh eight double one. As I said earlier, uh, news is not news for too much for too long these days with social media and the way we get our news. Uh, I know the phones have gone mad um, and different forms of social media in and around the All Blacks' performance. So, look, this really probably is the last window if you do want to have your say on that. Uh, I had my rant yesterday, um, so I am just happy to sit back and listen. I, I think the solution is that Ian Foster needs to resign. Um, New Zealand rugby back themselves into a corner. They've committed to him now. And I think that he needs to do the honourable thing. He needs to step aside and just simply come out and say, look, you know, I've given it at my absolute best. um, But look, for whatever reason, it's not working. And I think it's time for somebody else to take over. There's clearly some issues around player selection. And... One of the questions I guess we've probably got to ask ourselves is this one of the worst All Black? Is this the worst All Black team of all time? Has there been a worse All Black team? I mean, we can look at the longevity of Sam Whitelock and we can look at the longevity of these players who will go down as greats 10 years from now, but based on their current form plus the crop of new players coming in and the fact that so many players are playing out of position. I mean, look at David Harvey he's not a second 5'8. He's a fullback come utility. You look at a Kirawani playing at centre, he's not a centre, he's a winger. You've got Aaron Smith who's got a bullet pass, but that's the only thing he's got left in his arsenal. Sam Whitelock has passed his best. We, we spent a decade worrying so much on scrummaging in set-piece that we forgot to develop ball-carrying front rowers. And that's now running through all levels of New Zealand rugby So, look, yeah, if you want to have your say on it, love to hear from you. Feel free. Now, I'll be your psychologist tonight. Um, Ben, 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 Ben. I'm going to bring Ben back into the program here. It is interesting. I said this earlier in my introduction, but it's interesting, isn't it, how all the prominent sports and the ones with players' associations, the one that gets the most media coverage, the ones that all put their hand up and say we need to get paid are all the sports that have basically fallen over this year.
3: It is quite funny when you put it like that. It's You look at netball. Yep.
2: You look at the women's cricket team. Mm-hmm. You look at the Warriors, mm-hmm. you look at the All Blacks, yep. you look at
3: the men's cricket team. It's been a pretty rough year for all of them. Yep. I'd say the All Blacks has probably been the roughest though. A lot of his, history, history being made this year. See, the Warriors get away with it because there's not a lot of expectation
2: on them anyway. Cricketers, when they do win, because we've had not a great history in the game and we don't really have a legacy, we jump up and down. And when they lose, it's like, oh, well, that's the default setting anyway. Uh, the All Blacks, well, they've always understood what it means. But I just wonder: is there not enough jeopardy? You know, do they need to get paid based on performance? Do they get too much media coverage here, and therefore suddenly they think they're celebrities and they believe their own hype?
3: I think you kind of touched on it. I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or last week in terms of the so. It's all about that social media brand now. And it's not really it's not really about the team effort, it's about your brand. And I think how I see it, I think American sports has had a big influence on that, and I think lots of that oozes mm. down to sport here, where you see some basketball players, for example, get paid absurd amounts of money for absolute mediocrity. Mm. But because you no, know, they've got a name and they've got X amount of social media followers, it's okay. And well, I, you've only got to look at those things like
2: I—I I mean, I, I'll be honest—I just don't watch mainstream TV. But I was reading an article on, I think, is it TV Three that do Celebrity Treasure Island, and, and half the so-called contestants—I'd heard of about two of them—and then I read through the rest, and apparently they're um influencers. You know, there's a thing called an influencer now, and they've got a lot of followers. And I'm thinking, is that what it's come down to now? How hard you work the social media?
3: Yeah, but it's just, well, that's kind of the society we're in now is that, yeah, you, when you do see these celebrity shows, it is full of social media influences because somebody decided to do a video and, get, and they and got a lot of followers on it. Mm. You know, it could be just absolutely nothing, mm. but it's, it works for them. It, it, it's interesting,
2: and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, 0800 150 811. You can text us here on 8833. I know probably a lot of people are putting kids to bed and doing things, and this might be better suited for after 10 o'clock, where we're going to talk English Premier League football. But you go back and you look at Elise Andrews on the track at the Commonwealth Games, you look at Aaron Gates' performance, you look at Paul Cole throughout the entire year, um, you, you go back and, you, and you've only got to look at Lisa Carrington again winning another world championship. Uh, you go back earlier in the year and look at our two youngsters winning Olympic gold medals in, at the Winter Olympics. All of these sports, which are actually truly global, but get zero coverage because our media doesn't seem to have that ability to evolve and expand the definition of sport beyond about five sports. But they're all the ones that you really get there without any funding. You've got to do it on your own. You've got to do it because you want to be a champion. You want to represent your country. You want to wear the black singlet and the silver fern and you're just hard and you know how to deal with adversity and you know that you're trying to basically ride your bike or swim your way, and we forgot Lewis Clareburt and our swimmers, trying to basically swim your way towards some sort of um, cash
3: payment. That's not the focus, but at some point, you know, it does start to come into your mindset. The other interesting thing about what you said there as well is that these athletes, if you reached out to them and you said, hey, Nico, I'd love to get you on the show. He'd be, of course, Mark. I'd lo- lo- yep. to- love to talk to you, love to talk to you. And they provide personality and they're different. They're not going to provide the same cliche answers or you're not going to have to go... Through a media manager who's saying, going, no, no, sorry, we can't. Well, I, I was going to go a bit more absurd. I was going to say, you know, you have to make 20 phone calls and about 50 texts and maybe a dozen emails mm-hmm. before you actually get a response.
2: I mean, we had a guy on the programme yesterday after four o'clock, a young man by the name of Sullivan Clark. He's basically New Zealand's best pool player. Uh, in Q Sports, nine ball, eight ball, ten ball. Phenomenal talent, trains 10 hours a day. How good a talent was he? He was outstanding, wasn't he? I was blown away. I mean, Completely he, blown away. I mean, I had Mark Stafford listening, and he was just so impressed himself by this young man's ability, selling him sport, but selling his psyche, giving us an insight. So appreciative for the opportunity. You know, I go, go to Hayden Wild, who I know through triathlon. You go to the Sam Tanners, and they're all just so accessible. They all just want to be there. There's nobody telling them what to say, managing the process. They're excited, and they understand that they have a responsibility. They understand, too, that if they can build that following, get people interested, they have got. The, they know there's an opportunity there to commercialise themselves. 0800-150811. Um, if we were to have the Halberg Awards Tomorrow, and Nico Porteous. Uh, what was our sorry our snowboarders? Zoe Sadowski, Senate. Zoe Sadowski, Senate. Nico Porteous. I mean, that the, in all seriousness, it's an Olympic Games gold medal, and we haven't. We've only really won the two bronze medals from those same athletes four years earlier, and then you've got to go right back to. Um, you've got to go right back to nineteen ninety, and Koberger was it ninety two. And so we don't win a lot of Winter Olympics. It just shows how hard they are to win. Aaron Gate winning four Commonwealth Games gold medal is great, but I still think the Olympic Games gold medal supersedes that. But Aaron Gate's in the discussion. Elise Andrews is in the discussion. Lisa Carrington, yes, she's won more world championship medals. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, but she wins it every year on board. Maybe give it to someone else. And I just don't buy into that. Do you think the Swiss don't celebrate the dominance Roger Federer had for 10 years? Do you think the Americans... Get sick of Tiger Woods being the dominant factor in golf. Michael Phelps in the pool. We shouldn't be going, oh, I'm bored. She wins it every year. We should be going, yeah, she wins it every year because she is just a freak. She's exceptional. Erica Fairweather, I mean, there's a young talent. She's not, I'm not talking about her in the mix. Fourth at the Commonwealth Games in the 400. But in that final, she basically had three of the top five swimmers in the world. The only one missing was Katie Ledecky. And so if you'd have the Helberg Awards tomorrow, where do you go? Who are some of the other nominations? I mean, the other guy, certainly from a cricketing point of view, you'd have Daryl Mitchell. Three consecutive Test 100s in England, the first time ever by a player from another country touring England. No player in history who's ever toured England has scored three Test 100s in three Test matches. So Daryl Mitchell, the one shining light from cricket, that I'd certainly have in the discussion. You can't underestimate his achievements. You got anything else, Ben? Anyone else that sort of...
3: I'd have to, I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that the ten wicket haul Ajaz Patel took just missed out. So I'd say that wouldn't that still be technically in the mix? If it came after the mix, then it would have to. Because I'm pretty I'm pretty and, sure and, I'm pretty and, sure it missed by a couple of days. Yeah, and you're right
2: then because ten wickets in Test only ever been done three times in the history. Jim Laker, who was the other one. Oh, we'll have to check it. But th- that's a really really good point. I still think you've got to go with one of the Olympic snowboarders. We've got to make sure that when those awards come around that it's not a popularity contest and that those that are judging it, and I always a bit critical of those that are judging it because I wonder how much due diligence they actually do. How much do they actually look at the sport globally, how much interest there is, how long the sport's been at the Olympics, et cetera. Ben, were you going to say something?
3: I was just trying to think back a couple of years ago as well and lots of the comments you've made are very similar to, I guess, what... When Israel Adesanya won the mm. the male sports award, he, and he have got it too, and he kind of ripped into them and said, oh, "No, we need to cut out this tall poppy syndrome." Yeah, and it seems like that this is still going on all these yeah. years later.
2: Well, we've got to evolve, though. We, we've got to, you know, as I said, there's certain sports that get all the media coverage, so they tend to influence our thinking. But as I said, sometimes I think our media does need to make a bit of, and it's slowly happening. To be fair, I do see more sports getting more coverage. Um. Boy, my memory tonight is just awful. Our mountain biker.
3: Mountain biker,
2: just won, Sam Gaze. Sam Gaze. So Sam Gaze just won the short track World Championships of mountain biking, first for a New Zealand. Remarkable achievement. Commonwealth Games gold. Another one that needs to be in the discussion. It's interesting though, isn't it? Those guys overseas are playing their trade all the time living in hotels, looking for cheap flights, staying with friends, staying with fellow competitors, constantly emailing, looking at how they can stay somewhere in Europe for a certain event, then travel to the next event, travel to Africa, travel to South America, North America. You never hear them complaining. But we constantly are told by our paid professional athletes how tough life is for them and that we don't get it and that when they get criticised, it's really, really tough on them. I just struggle with the whole mindset. We've got the pyramid completely around the wrong way. Anyway, like to get your thoughts. Feel free to text us. The text line is double eight double three. Telephone number is 0800 150 811. Become part of the program. I think TalkBack is a better experience when you get on the phones.
5: That that
2: this is the Arctic Monkeys. You only know that because I just told you. Okay, you're not supposed to show me up. You're not supposed to show me up, Ben. I'm trying to get a real win over you. No, mate, you get plenty of rare wins. Let's just go and play darts, mate. You'll beat me up. You make me look average. Hey, just on that, we're going to talk darts after nine o'clock too. We're going to talk English Premier League football after ten. Just on that, I was going to. I've just been sitting here during the commercial break watching the televisions in the studio and watching the Newcastle Wolves game. Boy, there's just not an easy game in the in the English Premier League, is there? No wonder it's just the biggest sporting product in the world at the moment. Uh, I mean, I was looking at my mob, Liverpool. So they, they win 9-0 over Bournemouth. Wednesday or Thursday morning, New Zealand time, they play Newcastle. Newcastle are in sensational form with Eddie Howe. Then on the weekend, they've got the Merseyside Derby against Everton. Now Everton in recent times are woeful, but it's a Merseyside Derby, so you know they're going to lift. And then the following week, they've got Wolves, who are playing really, really good football. Uh, so, look, I've just had someone texting you and just wanting to know the results from the Premier League. So uh, we'll just, I'll just quickly run through those for you in case you can't listen after 10. So Southampton hosted Manchester United. United had a win, 1-0. Brentford Everton played out a one all draw. The dark horse team of the English Premier League, Brighton Hove Albion, beat Leeds United 1-0. Remember, it was Leeds a week earlier, ended up beating Chelsea 3-0. Chelsea got the job done against Leicester City 2-1. Liverpool, it's only been done three times in the history of the English Premier League, beat Bournemouth 9-0. Manchester City came from two goals down to beat Crystal Palace 4-2. Haaland, their new signing, scoring a hat-trick. Arsenal beating Fulham 2-1. They still remain top of the table. And then the following day on the Sunday, Monday morning, so played overnight this morning, Steven Gerrard, the great Liverpool striker, under a little bit of pressure, As manager of Aston Villa, a lot of fans not happy with the way he's doing things. Only won the one game so far. West Ham came into this game not having won any games. West Ham won 1-0. To be honest, it was an awful game. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Newcastle United won. And then Nottingham Forest. Great to see them back in the English Premier League. One of the great clubs. Beaten by a very good Spurs side 2-0. Harry Kane scoring two goals. And we're going to talk to Guy McRae after 10 o'clock and start talking about Harry Kane and his chance of becoming the greatest goal scorer in the English Premier League. Alan Shearer, Wayne Rooney, I think, ahead of him. But a really, really good start to the season for Harry Kane. Wasn't in the best form through the first half of last season. Conte comes along as a manager, revitalizes the side. We start to see the best. And isn't there something in that, Ben, that you get? Conte comes in, takes over Spurs. Are you listening to me, Ben? You are. Sorry, you just was. It just reminded me sometimes of my when I talk to my wife, and she just switches off. And I understand why she does that. But I thought we were a little bit, you know, I thought we, you know, we're in the honeymoon period, aren't we? Me and you. No,
3: I, I, we're I was in th- the honeymoon, aren't we? I was thinking of because um, usually Harry Kane's not a very good performer in August. That it's usually that first month of the season he's not that good and I think it's been like that for the majority of his career so I was thinking, I was trying to remember. Trying to, uh, but isn't it funny, Conte
2: comes in and suddenly Kane though really starts to find his form and is there maybe a message in that for the All Blacks that some of these players are out of form it's just a different voice, it's a different way of doing the same things but just doing them in a different environment that might just pep them up a little bit.
3: Well one of the many wins the All Blacks have had this year was of course when Joe Smith was running, the th- running things so I think that answers your question
2: you reckon we could put Harry Kane in at second 5-8? We experiment a lot
3: anyway. Yeah, we could. He's a goal scorer. We could put him there and who, who would you? Who, we could have. Uh, we could have. We We could make a Premier League uh, 15 probably, surely. Maybe we should do that. We could have a bit of fun with that after nine. And we will do that. We're going
2: to put together a Premier League 15. I, I, I've got to be honest, mate. Oh, God, the way I'm thinking tonight, I, I, I might need to go and get myself checked out because my memory has just been appalling. I um, once went on a sugar diet where I said, I'm not going to eat sugar, and I went for about 16 weeks. No scientific research. I've got to say, the one thing I noticed when I cut sugar out was my memory was bulletproof. And I've got a pretty good memory, but it was exceptional when I stopped eating sugar. Anyway, 12 minutes away from nine. Have you got some thoughts on the Premier League 15? Um, Boy who's going to make the front row You'd have to have Harland He's just such a big boy for Manchester City The big Norwegian He's Norwegian isn't he? Harland Just trying to think of big
3: well, He's a bit just, lanky though
2: Or do you just put your backs in at the forwards And then you put your strikers in your backs Is that how you would do it? Probably
7: mm.
2: Okay we might look at that for a little bit of fun as well You might have some thoughts You can text us here on double eight double three. Love to get your thoughts um, to look, and if you do, I'd just love to hear from someone that watched the um, Black Ferns against the Wallaroos. I can't stand the name, the Wallaroos. I'm not sure why everything needs to have a uh, some sort of um, insignia attached to it. By all accounts, not a great game. Uh, they didn't play that well, but they won. We've got the Women's Rugby World Cup here kicking off on the 8th of October. I'd love to hear from somebody that watched the game and can provide me some insight and tell how this team has improved off the back of what was a really average year last year. That's another team that's professional. Um, And how you think we're tracking heading into that Women's Rugby World Cup. So 800 Dave has already texted in. Vinnie Jones, the come actor, the actor now. The lock, the enforcer and captain. That's a great call, the great Vinny Jones. It doesn't have to be players currently playing, does it, Ben? We make the rules. Love that, Dave. Thank you. 11 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Okay, coming up to 6 minutes away from 9. Now, you've got the televisions on at the moment, NRL 360, which is arguably the best show on Sky because people actually have an opinion on it. And there's a headline, what? Something to do with the
3: Broncos. Yeah, so uh, the Broncos players are apparently upset Uh, at a post-game tirade from Kevin Walters after they lost on the weekend, which I find quite funny because if I was leading a team into the top eight after missing out last year, especially a big club club like the Broncos, and I'd been in the eight, and then I've absolutely blown it, I probably would be pretty angry myself too.
2: Yeah, oh, well, he will get accused of bullying soon and they'll sack him. You're not allowed to yell at anyone these days. It's considered bullying. I mean, that's just how ridiculous it's got, and they're upset. Well, if you don't want to hear the coach yell at you, be the best you can be. It's people who complain about the police. Oh, I don't like the police. Well, just don't do anything wrong. You don't have to deal with them. It's real simple, guys. It's real simple. Uh, hey, a couple of texts that have just come in on our football. So we've got Vinny Jones at lock, and someone's texting, and I like this too, Roy Keane at seven. Are we taking notes of this? We are, right? Eh? So we've got Roy Keane, we've got Vinnie Jones. They are hard men for your forwards, without a doubt. Um, there was a guy, Ruddick. Ruddock. Uh, that played for Liverpool as well, that you'd probably have to have somewhere in there. And someone's saying, talk real rugby, Heartland rugby, pure and real, North Otago 71, ten. Love that man, love that text. You're 100% correct. That's where, again, more interest and more focus should be put, more monetary resources should be put into Heartland rugby. Do not forget the small towns and what rugby means to those people as well. There's actually often more tribalism in Heartland rugby than there is these days in mainstream rugby. Hey, we're gonna um, coming up to another break, but we will um, take some more talk back after nine. It is one minute after nine. Ben, um, what was the music?
3: A song called uh, "Bright Lights" by musician Gary Clark Jr. Okay, very
2: good. Where's Gary Clark Jr. out of Texas?
3: I think. Okay, brilliant.
2: Good, I like your music choices. I need to freshen up my taste. Hey, look, uh, welcome into SENZ if you have just joined us. Telephone number is 0800 150811. We will keep the lines open between now and 11 o'clock. After 10 o'clock, we'll get Guy McRae, football correspondent out of the UK, to talk um, all things to do with the Premier League football. want to put the spotlight on Harry Kane and his quest to become arguably the greatest goal scorer, chasing the likes of Alan Shearer, Wayne Rooney. Um, but Tottenham Hotspur is certainly on a roll at the moment under Conte. We'll also look at Liverpool's 9-0 victory over Bournemouth and Haaland, the new striker for Manchester City, soaring a hat-trick against Crystal Palace. If you've got any other questions regarding the English Premier League and you want those questions asked or you're curious, text them through and I will certainly put them to Guy McRae after 10. Now that text number is double eight double three. Telephone number, if you want to phone through, is 0800 Um, Again, if you just still want to have your say on the all-black performance from over the weekend um, and you haven't had a chance, you've listened to a lot of it, but work or whatever's held you back, you do want to have your say, you do want to vent, you've heard a whole lot of different opinion, feel free. The lines are open. Any other sporting matter from over the weekend as well. Who watched the Black Ferns-Wallaroos game? I didn't see it. I read reports on it. By all accounts, not their best performance, but they still got the job done. Rugby World Cup here starts the 8th of October. The Black Ferns last year were pretty woeful, losing to France, losing to England, and I had a feeling they may have even lost a test to Canada. Am I correct on that? If you want to have a say, and you can educate me a little bit on it, I really want to know what sort of difference has Wayne Smith made to this women's international side, women's Black Ferns team? Uh, also just the comments from Stacey Jones he's come out and he's tried to find the positives in the Warriors loss against Penrith what was the final score in that game 48-12 I think Uh, 48-12 he came out and said it was an improved performance from the week before when they were absolutely dusted was it by the Melbourne Storm the week earlier? no Cowboys Cowboys. that's right Cowboys Uh, God my memory's terrible tonight awful I'm not a big guy for writing things down, but I probably should have written a few things down tonight, and I do apologise. But I sort of see where Stacey's coming from, but again, you've got to read the room, man. There's nothing positive in conceding 45 points. I don't care. There is just nothing positive in it. That's just ridiculous. That's almost like teaching kids that everybody's a winner when they're not, and life's not fair, and there's no point pretending it is fair. That is a low point, isn't it? You get a coach and the Warriors celebrating, conceding 45 points and trying to find some good in it. The fact, too, that they're giving free tickets away. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, we won't go there. I don't want to be a doom and gloom merchant. But if you do want to comment, 0800 150 Hey, Ben, we um just somehow came up just before nine that, we're talking English Premier League football, but we sort of made the comment. We made the comment that we would put Harry Kane in to the All Blacks. Where would he fit in? And then we just decided the spear striker. And then we just decided why don't we make a a rugby fifteen based on English Premier League players? So where would you? Who would you put in your? All Black 15, if you could just choose English Premier League or professional footballers. We've already had a couple of names come up. Roy Keane, hard man. Ireland, Manchester United, still as a pundit. Ruthless. Number seven. Love it. Vinnie Jones, who's now become an actor, one of the great enforcers. Put him at lock. I've got Neil Razor Ruddock, who was actually ranked 17th hardest of all time out of Liverpool. I'd have him as my other lock. Always remember Razor
3: Ruddock. You don't go
2: near Razor Ruddock.
3: I got somebody who can be on the front row as well. Didn't play Premier League, but did play pro- professional football in England up until recently. Okay, we'll go there shortly. John, good evening. Welcome. Hey, Mark. How
2: I've are got you? one for you here. That's the bad. Billy Bremner. Yes, Billy Bremner. Tell me a little bit about Billy Bremner. I know the name. Oh, a redhead. Yes. I got it. Well, any time you've got a redhead, and I say this with a smile on my face, but any time you've got a redhead, you're always going to get a bit of fire, aren't you? I mean, you go with the great Gordon Strachan. Yeah. You're not a redhead, are you, Ben? Ben, 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 my producer's sort of trying to imply that he's a redhead, but I don't see him in that light.
8: (laughs) Yeah, he, Bam, he's just lethal. Like... You'd have to be, you'd put it, it's cric, not as cricket pads around your ankles. That's how you would have to if you are playing leads.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereabouts are you Which originally are? from, John?
8: Uh, Limerick, Western Ireland. Yeah, and how long have you been in yeah, New yeah. Zealand? Oh, uh, two thousand and five, I suppose. Yeah, 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 and you and you enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now
2: my my um my mother's hey. just gone through her whole family tree on, and her side is the McCartys, and they're um. And she's gone right back to the tenth century, and before that, the other name was Forest, wow. and so Forrest and McCarty, and they're all part from County Cork, actually.
8: Oh crikey! Mm. Wow! Oh, cool! Wow! Mm. That's a strong name, McCarty, don't there. Yeah, um, Re- and
2: that's all to do Re- with they call it the rebel county. Yeah, all to do with Cork. the Blaney stone and all, uh, stone, and all that sort of history. And then right. she couldn't find a little bit of it because a lot of it, the um, records and stuff were lost in uh, yeah fires and stuff during the famine era. So yeah, yeah. Wow.
8: Yeah, oh, so, special history. Yeah, so just regards to um, now, I tell you, as regards to the connection with English football, if if the Warriors, if the Warriors were they would be right on the street If they're an English club, there'd be war. The English, the English in England, like the fans wouldn't put up with it. they would be actually outside the head office in of the Warriors club.
2: Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, you look at Manchester United after the um their start yeah. to the season. I mean, they you know, they protested before the Liverpool game over the Glazier family saying, hey, we don't like this. <laughs> we don't like the way business is being done. We're wasting but why don't money. The yeah, but, but that's it. Why don't we do it? And now I, I, I hear, I I, I, I hear all this stuff. I, I get criticised for me suggesting players should protest. Oh, you're not a true fan. True fans stick with their club through thick and thin. I get that if your players are going out there and giving 100% every week. But these guys clearly are not.
8: No, they're atrocious, And they're an embarrassment to the, to the jersey and with the centre
2: no, no, I agree, John Who's your own um, Now, you're funny from Taranaki So if you follow the NPC You're a Taranaki boy?
8: Oh, yeah We've got up this weekend again Up to the watch them. They're, they're in Yarra Stadium this weekend now Yeah, no, good on yeah. you
2: Yeah, no, my, uh, yeah. my grandmother oh, yeah. My grandmother lived in Bell Block, actually Oh, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, so I used to spend a lot of time in Bell Block growing up as a kid on the yep. beat on that rough stone beach there and walking down to the sand dunes.
7: Yeah, you got it.
8: Barefoot. Mm. That's the way it's yep. the way to go. Avoiding, right, the,
2: avoiding the blue bottles. Thank you, John. There you go. Uh lovely to have John on the programme. If you do want to have your say, a little bit of light hearted chat as well. Happy to have your conversation. We've had um, a couple of texts in. You've got to go, Mark, Ryan Nelson, Chris Wood, Winston Reed in the English Premier League team to add a bit of Kiwi flair, let's not coach the flair out of them Yeah, I don't know whether I'd have Ryan Nelson, solid probably our most consistent player, captain of Blackburn Rovers wasn't he Chris Wood not really given the opportunity, scored a a goal for Newcastle in the Caribou Cup last week Winston Reid, I'll be honest I've never really rated him but you don't make the English Premier League and have that long a career with West Ham unless you're fairly good. So perhaps I don't know what I'm talking about. But who are some of the other players that you would have in your... football, rugby, 15? There was always... um. Ben, and we're going to bring you some darts interviews this hour too. So we'll just recap. Who have we got coming up on the darts that you interviewed over the weekend in Hamilton?
3: Uh, We'll hear from PDC Chief Executive Matthew Porter and Dimitri Vandenberg, the Belgium number one. So Matthew Porter and Dimitri
2: Vandenberg. Yep. Excellent. Okay, we'll do that shortly because these are really good interviews. De- Ben's done a great job on it. And let's be honest, darts is great. You know what I like about the darts? They have done a brilliant job with their world championships. They said, when is the best window? When do we don't have to compete against really anybody? Hey, let's do it between Christmas and New Year. And it's almost become iconic here in New Zealand, isn't it? I mean, you listen to sports news across, you know, let's, uh, across the traditional major networks like ZB and stuff, and it's always the darts, TV cover the darts. You know, there's always English Premier League football going on, but there's nothing really happening in New Zealand, is there? Boxing Day test in Australia, but if New Zealand's not involved, they've been really, really clever on their marketing. Hey, um, Diego Maradona, right? Um, Arguably considered second best player in history, probably behind Pelé. 1982, just talking about hard bastards, right? That have played the game that you'd probably have in your forward pack. Always remember this lovely line on the film, There was a film that FIFA did, and it was a 1982 World Cup final, Argentina versus Italy. Marco Tardelli scored one of the great goals. Dino's off the captain for Italy. But everywhere, I don't even, was Argentina in that final anyway? They played Argentina, and there was this great line, everywhere Maradona turned, Gentili was there, at his toes, at his heels, and at his knees. It just shows this player, Gentili, just take him out. And Gentile established such a bad reputation. By the time he actually got through to the final, did they play Germany in the final? I can't remember. Who did they play in 82? I watched the final, I remember, because the All Whites were there. Um, but he established such a bad reputation, he shaved off his beard, gentile and put a different number on the back of his shirt so the referees wouldn't recognise him. But you'd have Gentile in my forwards. Dirty little
3: grub with the greatest respect. Who's the player you're thinking of, Ben? So there is a player that uh, only retired at the end of last year who spent the majority of his career at Wickham Wanderers. and he Love was, Wickham. He was kind of like a cult hero. Uh, his name is uh, Adebayo Akinfenwa.
2: Adebayo Akinfenwa. Where are we playing him? Front row?
3: Oh, he is a front row. If you Google him, you'll be like, holy hecka, he would be perfect in that All Blacks front row right now. You, I'm not kidding you. You might not
2: believe me on this, but actually at home I've got a sky blue sweatshirt with Wickham Wanderers across the front of it. Because a very close friend of mine, he was a, my MC at my wedding and, and groomsman, he actually came from Wickham, High Wickham. And his team before he migrated here to New Zealand was Wickham Wanderers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually did quite well. They made the semi finals of the FA Cup back in 2006 under the management of Laurie Sanchez, if I remember correctly. There you go.
3: But of history lesson. Okay, there.
2: we'll take a break. We'll come back and we will talk some darts, but I'd like you to text me in and tell me what footballers you'd like to see make up our Rugby 15. Your backs are going to tend to be your Stephen Gerrards, they're going to be your Playmakers, they're going to be your uh, Mo Salahs, they're going to be your first five. Your your backs and your hard men are going to be in your forwards. You probably need a little bit of athleticism on the loose to be fair, so... You know, but you got players like Cantona. Where do we put Cantona? All of these things, we've got to work out where we're going to put them. Take a break. Darts up next. 18 minutes after nine. You're listening to SENZ. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight double one is the number. You can text us here on double eight double three. Ben Francis alongside of me. Ben was down in Hamilton over the weekend covering the. New Zealand Darts Masters and of course he had a chance to catch up with some of the best players in the world but he also got to catch up with Matthew Porter who these days um, is the chief executive of the professional darts uh, corporation isn't it PDC PDC so I'll throw this over to you Ben.
3: Thanks Watto and in the uh, producer's booth uh... (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah so after the event I had the chance to speak with uh, Matt Porter I've spoken to Matt a few times, or oh, quite a lot over the years actually uh, quite a bit during the COVID period as well in terms of just trying to get a gauge on how things are tracking in terms of coming back and things finally returned so it was great to ask him and talk to him about congratulations getting the event back on over here and what, what, what was things going to look like next year so we'll pay for that for you right now all right, Matt, uh, New Zealand Darts Masters done and dusted for another year. It's been a couple of years since you've been mm. here. How was it to be back?
9: Yeah, it was great to be back. You know, as you know, we've waited a long time and this was the last event we had where people had their, fan, uh, their tickets from pre-COVID. So there's been fans in the Globebox Arena this weekend who've had their tickets for pretty much three years, which is remarkable. Um, so we've had great crowds, great reception. It's been brilliant to be back in Hamilton and I
3: think the players delivered. How did you, how did you find the crowd? How, how was it to actually be back here? Because I, I know from my perspective... It was like it seemed like a long time away, mm. and it wasn't wasn't going to happen. But it's actually here. You've actually completed the World Series now. It must yeah, be a huge relief. Yeah. It is a relief. Yeah. I mean,
9: look, we weren't able to confirm we were coming until I think end of March, early April. You know, so it was it was all thrown together relatively quickly. Even though we'd had three years since the last event, it was so stop start, rearranging, cancelling dates, communicating with ticket holders, going off sale, back on sale, and then we had to try and book flights. And flight prices have gone through the roof, and availability has gone through the floor. So you know, to to throw the whole thing together was it a challenge, but one we were pleased to be able to do because of the, what's happened over the last couple of years.
3: And have you got plans to come back down
9: here? Yeah, year? absolutely. You know, look, New Zealand's been a, a fixture on the World Series Tour for probably the best, well, best part of a decade now. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a great darts country down here. The standard of domestic players is good. The appetite from people to come and watch the event and watch it on TV is good. You know, we've got good commercial partners down here, TAB, Sky, Steinlager, you know, Globox Arena here. Um, in in Hamilton, you know, all people who back the event, um, you know, SENZ, everybody gets behind us when we come here. We get a warm warm welcome, a great reception, so there'd be no reason not to come back.
3: Have you got uh, any plans to host it in other cities? Because I know we'd spoken before, and Mm. this is going back years, that the possibility has been in two different cities and Christchurch yeah. and all that but of course Covid would have delayed yeah. all those delay yeah
9: I mean look I think Hamilton deserves to, to have another go you know and hopefully we can make that work you know we're talking to the venue and different stakeholders in the region so hopefully we can make that work but we know we can stage the event successfully in Auckland uh, myself and, and our uh, head of production, we've been to see the venue in Christchurch as well, so we know what that's all about. But There's plenty of venues in New Zealand capable of hosting this event and there's plenty of cities where people have got an appetite to go and watch it. So I think wherever we go, you know, within reason, it will work. Um, but for the time being, you know, our focus is on keeping it working here in Hamilton.
3: And the good thing about this World Series this year was uh, there have been a few years in delay, but there was some old faces coming back. There was also lots mm. of new faces as yeah. well, which I guess shows the growth of darts on the PDC over the years as well.
9: Yeah, it's important for us to keep it evolving. You know, I think the oldest player is Gezi, who's 37. Apart from Simon, obviously, uh, you know, he's in his 50s. But the, the, the players we've brought over, Fallon, Joe... Dimitri, uh, you know, Michael Smith, they're, they're the sort of younger, younger guys. They're the future, they're, the, you know, they're not only at the elite of the sport now, but they'll be at the elite you know, for the years to come as well. And there's players who've served the sport very well, Raymond van Barneveld, Gary Anderson, who've been you know, down here a number of times. But everything moves on, doesn't it? You, know, you can't just keep turning up with the same players all the time and, and ultimately you know, the players who are at the top of the sport and the players who are of most interest to the public are the people you need to deliver.
3: I must mean, have been quite hard because the world series is building quite nicely and then with the covid delay were you quite impressed with the standard of the local qualifiers considering all that delay
9: yeah i was but it can be better and it's not their fault you know they've not had a huge amount of action locally for over the course of the last couple of years so it's been difficult for them to reach the standards that perhaps they were doing in 2016 17 18. but i see that coming back you know positive signs the performances of you know Caden milne um, you know, uh, Bernie Smith played well. You know, there, there, there was, there's, there's talent down here in New Zealand. There, there always has been and there always will be. COVID put everything on hold all around the world. You know, you look in Asia, look in Australia, America, Canada. You know, where we were making progress, 16, 17, 18, etc. That was put on hold. But that progress will come again. You know, we've got good local partners who are delivering good content uh, good, good, and good tournaments. So I'm confident that the players will respond to that.
3: Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for your Thanks, time. I hope Thanks, to see for to next year. Good to be back.
2: Yeah, that's just credit to the PDC that their chief executive takes the time, has a chat to you, Ben, has a chat to the station, speaks so eloquently, speaks so well, and that's just backed up again by Barry Hearn, Eddie Hearn, you know, who are involved with Matchroom, who also look after the boxing and stuff, and you're going to, get to see how charismatic they are. I like that thing where it's got the sport moves on, the sport evolves, and we've got to continue. You know, mixed martial arts are very good at that as well. I just wonder, and I hate to keep going back to it, I just wonder whether there's a message in that for Ian Foster as well. Look, you've got to keep that evolution going, don't you? Experience is great, but sometimes
3: you've also got to, Experience is only a supplement for talent, not a substitute, you know? Well, it's quite incredible because when that lockdown first happened and all the sports kind of had to shut down – Darts was able to keep going. And how they did that was they, they kind of – people played online darts where you have, like, your web camera set up and you can see the other person's board. But they kind of took that to the next level with all the pro mm-hmm. players. And they really had that going during that first initial lockdown, which was quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you actually go to YouTube, there was a video posted earlier this year. It's nearly, nearly an hour is long, but it's with Barry Hearn. And he talks about how he kind of got this darts to the stage. And so it's, it's really fascinating mm-hmm and how it nearly didn't happen. But, and...
2: well, well, like I say, I think the appeal is that you're just looking at blokes who you could see in the pub every day. You know, they're not afraid to have a beer. But the other thing is, you've got to be careful in this country too, that the fun police don't shut it all down. We saw it with the sevens. You know, suddenly one or two morons get a little bit out of control with alcohol, and then it ruins it for everyone. And we've just seen what was one of the great events in Wellington become non-existent. Now, I went to the Darts Masters when it was at Waitakere Stadium uh, a few years back, and Yeah, I thought they managed it well. It was starting to get a little bit to the point where, hey, guys, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm responsible. Just leave me alone. And but that is the appeal. You know, I'll keep saying this. Go woke, go broke. You know, like people have a good time, man. Hey, have consequences if you play up without doubt. Put those consequences in place. And generally, most people will behave, won't they? They do it very, very well, the darts.
3: Oh, it's, it's always a fantastic crowd to be part of and just be incredible experiencing that over mm. in the UK. Uh, you know, just being in Hamilton itself, uh, the one thing, as I continually emphasising, is that it's a true sense of normality back. Mm.
2: Hey, um, we're changing it up a little bit too. We're going to um, continue with our darts theme this hour as well. Just a reminder that after 10 o'clock, we'll talk some English Premier League football. We've just been putting this out on the text though. You can phone up if you want, Double eight, double three. coming together with a professional football players that would make up a rugby 15 and I love this And, and, and so it's forced me to rethink a little bit about my locks we've got Vinnie Jones the great enforcer who's become a movie actor at lock but I love this text that's just come in Peter Crouch about six foot six for Liverpool arguably the tallest striker that's ever played for England you'd have him as your other lock of course you would you need a beanpole you need a guy with height and of course Peter um, Crouch's great line that it became infamous for or famous for. He was asked once by the media, and they said, "Peter, what would you be if you weren't playing professional football?" And he said, "A virgin." <laughs> it became one of the great lines, which is um, yeah, but it just came off the tongue, and it became one of those sort of iconic, uh, one of those iconic lines. So yeah, Peter Crouch at lock. We've got Vinny Jones as the other lock. We've got Roy Keane at seven. I like Neil Razor Ruddock. Google this guy, man. And who was our boy from? What was our name from Wickham? I can't even say his name again. <laughs> I got a photo of him. I had a look at a photo of him. He's a monster from Wickham Wanderers. Um, I'm going to actually put at the moment possibly the great Zinedine Zidane at eight, the great French player Zidane at eight. I think there's room from the back line, but I think you need your Adi Severe. You need arguably combination of skill and just hardness. And I think Zidane. So I've got Zidane at eight.
3: And a headbutt.
2: I've got Roy Keane at seven. We need to find a six. Then we need to find a couple more front rowers. And then I think the back line, there's some good players. You've got Thierry Henry, the likes of Steven Gerrard. Um, I mean, the list is endless, really. Where does Cristiano Ronaldo fit into this? I think you probably have to put him on the wing. I think he's a finisher. Um, I'm not going to go too far back in time. I've gone to Gentili, of course. I might put Gentili somewhere, the great Italian back.
3: I think... Um, what about goalkeepers? Yeah, yeah. Like surely, surely you'd have a goalkeeper at your six.
2: You yeah, haven't really thought. Boy, you're starting to... Yeah, you're right. They're a member of a football team, aren't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I wonder whether we're... You know Wayne Rooney? I think you bring him off the bench at second 5'8". He's the guy that gets you across the advantage line. Stocky, solid. He could be a scrappy little hooker, though, couldn't he? Wayne Rooney? Mobile hooker? Rooney at hooker? Let's go Rooney at hooker. Can we go Rooney at hooker? Anyway, you text us, double We're just making this up as you go along. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We are going to talk some English Premier League after um, 10 o'clock. We'll come back and we'll hear from Dimitri van... Vandenberg. Vandenberg. Dimitri Vandenberg of Belgium who made the semi-finals at the Darts Masters. Lovely to have him in the country as well. Oh, Gazza, great player, a 10 and head of entertainment. Yes, Gaza wasn't afraid to have a few quiet ones. I think he might still struggle a little bit with the alcohol, doesn't he, Gazza, or has he come right? Floor genius, man. Got to put Gazza in there. Gazza, yeah, floor genius, but brilliant. Might have a chat about that after the break. Okay, so if you are wondering... Why there's a sudden sort of change in music genre. I've got to say, it's a, it's a great song, and you've only got to watch people have a few drinks who listen to hard rock and pretend they don't listen to things like ABBA or the Bee Gees and this particular song. And you've only got to watch them in a pub when a song like this comes on and they suddenly start moving to it.
3: Um, the reason we played that song is Why, Ben? Because that is uh, Dimitri Vandenberg's walkout song when he comes to the darts, he walks up on the stage, waves to the crowd, shakes the referee's hand and then does a little dance up on the stage.
2: And you've got an interview with him. He made the semi-finals out of Belgium. Fantastic. Yeah,
3: I did. Uh, even though he was a bit upset, he lost, and he was spending time with his little baby. He, uh, I asked him. I said, "Mate, would you have a spare few minutes to have a talk to me?" And he said, "Of course, mate." We stepped to the side, stepped to the other corner of the room, and we had a great chat about his first ever time being here in New yeah, Zealand.
2: Yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? How these guys, as I said, you know, I think the supercar guys get it as well. They understand the importance of the fans. They understand the importance of the brand. They know that they have to sell themselves. They know they've got to sell the sport. If they continue to do that, it's a win-win for everyone. They're going to make more money
3: out of it. They're going to grow the sport. Yeah, exactly. And it's was, it was fantastic talking to a character like Dimitri. And here is the interview now. Dimitri, that's the World Series. done and dusted. can you please just reflect on your time down in Australia or New Zealand?
4: Yeah, uh, experiences that's completely different. Uh, you come in over uh, to here. Let's just say it's a long distance. You've got to travel before you actually get to these uh, beautiful countries. Um, I already knew a lot of people. So that was nice to see a couple of friends of me back again. Uh, And then obviously, yeah, getting ourselves ready for the tournaments. while you see the same guys that that you actually like that are local, the oceanic players. It's brilliant. It's also to see Damon Heda and his own element and his mates and family around here, It's, it's nice to see because we live obviously together. So at the end of the day, the whole experience was for me, very enjoyable. Uh, I take it on board now and maybe I'll be a better player for next time, I'll develop. um, Different things is that you've got to travel for a long time, you're a bit jet lagged and you still got to play, you still got to try and perform. Um, I think in patches I've done well, Uh, I showed that I can. Um, I haven't been any near my best, fair and square, it's very honest, but then again, I managed to get to a quarter-final in all of the three tournaments. So, uh, yeah, in that case, I must be positive. I must be happy about it. So, yeah, heads up and tomorrow the journey back home. New Zealand's your favorite spot on the on the tour though, right? New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful, man. Now, one thing's for sure. I really want to come back and go and see the place from The Hobbit and, and, and Lord of the Rings. I really want to see that. Uh, I've got told it's amazing. But then again, whatever I've already seen... It's been brilliant. I've loved it. And just to give my family this chance as well, this experience, yeah. Um, I gotta say, no disrespect to Australia, not at all, but New Zealand in general is a beautiful country and it's not so dry and hot as it is in uh, Australia. That was a bit of a difficult thing to uh, get used to. (laughs) Do you you like beaches? Um, We had a beach in Wollongong. That was uh, right at uh, at the hotel. Um, over here in Hamilton, we have a hotel next to the big river. So at the end of the day, if you wanted to go for a walk, we definitely had a beautiful view, and we did have to sit down at the beach just to, yeah, completely chill and reflect on everything what's going on and the, the chances that, yeah, occurred. Let's say that it's it's been beautiful. Really. So you come back, mate. I'll take you to some beautiful beaches. Uh, I hope we've got the time for that and count I'll me and always, always have time for you likewise Uh, oh, brilliant <laughs> yeah it's not about that people have time for me it's about me needed to have time for them to meet up because of the schedule that we have to follow we, we literally get a whole uh, itinerary for the whole three weeks and i was quite surprised but um yeah even though i had to do a whole lot of things uh, for the pdc and then obviously still prepare myself still practice and everything i still had an amazing time and course, you've got, you got the like, call-ups coming
3: down here be, next year, you're kind of hoping that you're just going to mm-hmm. be on that initial list anyway.
4: Yeah, 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 definitely. But uh, you, you just got to keep working hard. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted. And uh, yeah, I've already said to the bosses of the PDC a massive thank you. I appreciate the chance they've given me. Um, I took it with both hands. I hope I've done well and made them a bit proud when I was on that stage and representing the PDC because that was an amazing feeling, a very honoured feeling. But now it's, uh, yeah, back to home ground and getting ready for the rest of the season. And hopefully by these tournaments, I'll be making results that actually does get me back into Australia and New Zealand. I see you got a necklace on there. Have you picked that up since you've been here? I've literally got this gifted this weekend from the people that we live together with, Damon Hedda and uh, his missus. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I saw it and I was like, wow. And the whole culture about New Zealand, culture about Maori and... All of these people. I learned a few words in like Kia Ora. Obviously, the, worst, the first words you learn is like, hey, you're welcome. And then obviously, see you around. I'll see you next time is Matewa. You know, stuff like that. I think it's awesome. It's a completely different language that you're used to. And when it comes to me and languages, I'm obsessed with talking different languages. That's... Well, I, I know a you and I can speak of you. <laughs>
3: it's, it's really cool just hearing you talking about coming to these new places and just really embracing the different cultures and just yeah. embracing everything about the country because you do have a little bit of time. You said you got all your itinerary land uh, planned out, but you're still mm. making the time and effort to, to, to learn. And th- th- yeah. especially really like from a New Zealand perspective, you know, that, that's really cool and lots of people would have a lot of respect for you for that.
4: Um, my missus as well said already that as soon as we get back, she really wants to deep herself a little bit more in New Zealand, yeah. the culture, all the spiritual things around it uh, the Maori stuff like these tribes people that, that she's seen people that we've met it's amazing and then everyone in here in New Zealand and Australia I've got to say it as well they've all been amazing they've all been very polite they've always been like you're my friend so Mikasa su casa, your house is my house my place is your place be more than welcome jump in the couch and just feel like if you're at home you know everybody has been like that that's such an amazing experience and I really am happy that we was managed, like, able to have that. So thank you to everybody that we've met in the past three weeks and cannot wait to get back next year.
3: Awesome, Dimitri. Thank you so much for your time. Eh? It's been a pleasure to meet you and talk to you as well. Sure. Yeah, another
2: wonderful ambassador for the sport of darts, isn't he? Really, really good interview there, Ben. Uh, you said that he comes out to that song Happy. What are some of the other songs that these top guys come out to? Name the I,
3: player and I'll tell you.
2: Well, I remember when I did a Jesse Ryder fight and they said, oh, what song do you want to come out to? And I said, oh, I want welcome to the jungle. And then somehow... They got it wrong and they came out to Hangman from Led Zeppelin, which probably was more appropriate. I'll never forget that. I was thinking, I love the song, but it's not what I asked for.
3: Well, Michael Van Gurwen comes out to Seven Nation Army, and I know New- yep. lots of New Zealanders love associate that, that yep. with Waisaki Naholo, but yep. I associate it with Michael Van Gurwen. You yep. go to anywhere, if you, if you played that song, especially in Europe, I think that would be the yeah, thing yep. they come up with. Uh, Gurwen Price, he's the Iceman, so he comes out to Ice, Ice Baby, another Ice. ice. Yeah, uh, Johnny Clayton is known as the Ferret. So he comes and he comes out to Johnny Be Good. Yeah, uh, Michael Smith comes out to Shut Up and Dance with Me. James Wade comes out to uh, The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Yep.
2: Yeah, love that song.
3: Uh, Raymond Van Barneval comes out to I the Tiger. Uh, there's so many so many different no, it's songs.
2: But it's whole part of the whole entertainment. It's also part about the individual brands. So, yeah, really nice. Hey, uh, it is coming up to 18 minutes away from 10 after 10 o'clock. We'll have Guy McRae out of the UK talking English Premier League football, big weekend of English Premier League football. Draws have also been made in the Champions League and the Europa Cup, or what do they call it these days? Yeah, the Europa League. Um, we've just been having a little bit of fun, too, in regards to our... Um, taking professional footballers of more recent times, I guess, and making up a rugby 15. We've just had someone talking about West Ham forward Michael Antonio playing at 12. Um, At the moment, we've sort of got Wayne Rooney at hooker. Nuggety, solid. Gets across the advantage line. We've got um, Vinnie Jones, Peter Crouch as our two locks and forces with some height. Roy Keane at seven. Zinedine Zidane at eight. I'm going to put in Neil razor Ruddick from Liverpool at 6. We need to get our backline sorted out. If you've got some thoughts, text us double eight double three. A little bit of Pearl Jam. It is coming up to 12 minutes away from 10. You are listening to SENZ. Mark Watson with you. Um... Someone's just asking, is Jesse Ryder our Paul Gascoigne? It's a bit of a... I don't really like to sort of... You know, Paul Gascoigne's had a real issue with alcohol, I guess, as a lot of sports people do, and it's actually a serious issue. Um, it's quite sad, actually. I always... Yeah, never like to see Jesse Ryder get himself into the trouble because clearly a flawed genius. As the same with Paul Gascoigne. Um... Clearly got another all black who's constantly getting himself into trouble, what former all black I should say when it comes to the alcohol side of things as well. Well publicised down there in the Wired Upper. Yeah, it's um more it's a real evil, isn't it? A real evil. I, I'm actually really lucky that I've never really had a taste for alcohol, so I, I'm not a big drinker. Um never really had too many issues with addiction, full stop and anything. I think gambling probably would be the one that I'd have to be careful of because I like to win. And, of course, gambling is one of those things where you always think, hey, the next one, I'll beat the house, I'll beat the house. But as I say, you know, Las Vegas wasn't built on winners. And I'm just going to segue back into the Ian Foster stuff on that because I sort of sense that's a little bit with Ian Foster at the moment that he believes, look, just give me another chance and we can turn things around and the results are just around the corner. But they're not. Unfortunately. Um, Interesting statistic just on the All Blacks that I got sent yesterday. And I'm sure that it's been talked about, but Ian Foster currently running at a 63% win rate against all nations. And if you remove the wins against teams outside of the IRB top 10, that drops to 54.5%. If we were to lose this weekend, we would have lost six out of our last eight tests. You have to ask the question, is this the worst all-black team in our history? On paper, you'd go, it can't be, surely. Because the names that are in that starting nine are all pretty well respected and all have big reputations, I guess, at a super rugby level. But I think if you examine a little bit closer, you start to see that, yeah, hang on a minute, but these players are playing out of position a bit. And yes, the likes of Sam Whitelock is going to go down as an absolute all-black great. But his used by date is up, and his greatness came probably two years ago or ended two years ago. You know, Artie Severe, you've got to feel for him. What a quality player at the moment. The only player in the All Blacks that you could say is the best in his position in the world. In fact, I think he's the best loose forward probably across all three positions, certainly across eight and seven, in my opinion. I think Rico would still be considered the best winger if he was playing on the wing. Anyway, I'm not sure how I ended up segueing to that. It just came off the back of a text. Uh, Look, we've been just having a little bit of fun too just with naming our football 11, uh, our professional footballs, if we were to put them into an all-black 15. So this is where I'm at at the moment, Ben. Someone's texting Michael Antonio, and I'm going to take their recommendation because that's what we've asked. Now, he's a big, solid player for West Ham, but I'm not going to play him in 12 where he's been suggested. I'm going to put him in the front row at the moment. I'm going to put Wayne Rooney at hooker and I'm going to go Razor Ruddock for Liverpool as the other prop. Then I've got Vinnie Jones and Peter Crouch, these are all names that have come in at lock. We've got no, in fact sorry, I haven't got Razor Ruddock at the prop. We've gone with Adebayo Akinfenwa Did I say that right? who plays for Wickham Wanderers. Text and Google this guy. Just put in Wickham Wanderers at a bayou. Just try and spell it the best you can spell it. And have a look at the size of this guy. Remarkable. I imagine he's got a huge cult following. Good on him. So we're going to put Razor Ruddock at six, Neil Razor Ruddock at six at the moment until people come up with some more names. We've got we've got Roy Keane at seven, and I've put Zinedine Zidane at eight and Captain in the side. We've got a list of players that we could play in the back line. We felt we needed to include a goalkeeper in this. So I've actually gone with the Manchester United keeper Schmeichel to play at fullback. Any disagreements there, Ben? You gotta talk.
3: No. Nah, I'm happy on I'm happy with being on Team Watto. <laughs> well you're managing the side, mate. Am I?
2: Yeah, you get sacked if they're no good. Do I, so am I getting a pay rise for this? Probably not. Yeah. we are still got to work out who our halfback is. It's got a good pass for the ball. Got to be a really good distributor. Maybe, just maybe there you put at Cantona. But my, too much of a playmaker. Uh, who do you put at first five as your
3: playmaker? Why don't you have, put Cantona there and we'll have like a Beckham at number nine?
2: Yeah, Beckham, not bad actually, not bad. Beckham at nine. Yeah, like that. Beckham at nine. Canton are at 10. I need to have Stephen Gerrard in my midfield somewhere. Let's put him at 13. Yeah, 13. So who's our second 5'8? <sighs> uh,
3: off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of someone that would. Do we it- go Terry Henry?
2: Yeah, I could go Terry Henry. So we go Terry Henry at second five and Gerard at centre, and that way we know that Terry Henry offers something different because he can kick off both feet. Can we do that? Yeah. Now yeah. we're just
3: going to need your wingers. It's going to be real fast, pacey. Ah, well, you're going to go,
2: based on current form, you'd have to go. Look, to be honest, you'd probably have to go Alan Shearer. And then, if you want a different player, you might go Mo Salah or you might go Sam Kane. Not Sam (laughs) Kane. God. Dear, dear, dear. (laughs) Harry Kane.
3: (laughs) Oh, what an insult. What an insult. I know. Terrible.
2: (laughs) Mind you, we might pay Bleder on the wing.
3: (laughs) Oh, poor Harry. Oh Harry, I don't think Guy McRae is going to be too happy. No, I'm about going to ask Guy McRae about this. He doesn't know. I'm going to ask him.
2: I'm just going to run through that team for him and say, "What do you think?" And then you can tell me and go, "Where do we put? But where do we put Gaza? Where do we put Paul Gascoigne? Now the one player we've left out is Gaza. Where do we put Gaza?
3: Orange Cutter,
2: yeah." Yeah. Oh, no, it's all good fun anyway. So, yeah, um, keep the texts coming, guys, on 8833. And don't forget that telephone number, 0800 150 811. If you've got any questions regarding the English Premier League or football in general that you want me to ask Guy McRae, you've got about five, six minutes. Feel free to text those in. Um, I was going to say we're coming up to new sport and weather, but, of course, we don't do new sport and weather uh, at 10 o'clock. So we will take just a wee commercial break, pay a few bills. I just want to say to people out there, too, when you hear... A product or a company advertising on the station if in the future they become part of a purchasing decision please stick with the brands that support the station that entertains you okay really want to encourage that good on them for getting behind us good on them for getting behind sport and allowing this station to exist commercially four minutes away from 10 Pablo Antini, the Scotsman. Wonderful voice. Encourage people to listen to him. You're listening to SENZ. Telephone numbers 0800 150 811. Just trying to get hold of Guy McRae out of the UK to talk all things English football. So I'll just address a text that's come in while we try and get hold of him. Um, This comes from Kevin. Hi Mark. Could you please explain to me what Coles is doing in the All Black squad? Hasn't played many minutes in the last two years. Yeah, Kevin, this is the issue, isn't it? It's this continuation of bringing players through this fascination with experience. Um, I'd love to see Kirk Eklund get an opportunity um, in this All Black team, a player that can just get some go forward. I would like to see Asafa Amua, uh maybe back in the All Black frame. Mm, not sure what he's done to miss out. I don't know whether there's an attitude issue, whether there's a fitness issue with him. But it is head-scratching some of the decisions selection decisions that have been made and continue to be made um no luck with guy at the moment okay i'll just send him a wee message on my own phone
3: did you tell him 11am uk time yes i did yeah 11am uk
2: Okay. Yeah. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. I'm aware. I, last time I got the times wrong, I have had a two-hour difference between us and the UK, but it's in the morning over there. I know it's a bank holiday, um, but we did communicate. And I know he's keen because he wants to talk about Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, mate. Not Sam Kane, but Harry Kane. i have got some um, interesting statistics here on top goal scorers. Premier League history, Alan Shearer, 260 games, 441 goals. Wow, Wayne Rooney, two hundred and eight games, four hundred and ninety-one. Got Harry Kane is one hundred and eighty-seven games and scored two hundred and eighty-six goals. Andy Cole, one hundred and eighty-seven games.
3: That can't be right. Four hundred and fourteen goals. It must be. Is that across all? Is that across their careers or across all the football no, leagues? That's based on their Premier
2: League history. So I don't know whether that includes all competition. We need to clarify that with um, Guy. Uh, Shearer versus Kane. We've got some uh, wonderful little matchups here, which is one of the things I wanted to discuss with him. Now someone's texting. I think it might be you, Ben. What's your thoughts on Bradford City? So we might ask. Um, we might ask Guy if we can get hold of him. <laughs> Are you sure that's me? What's well, he's Ben Francis. I yeah. can't see a number, Yeah, but, but I know be, you yeah, love yeah, Bradford I, City. You're a Bradford City fan. Uh, it could just be a coincidence. I know it could be. Yeah. No, it probably is a coincidence. <laughs> a lot of Ben Francis is out there listening to this show this time of the night. be a great coincidence, wouldn't it? I'm sort of waffling on a little bit. Should we try him one more time? And if we can't get hold of him, we'll take the break and we'll see if we can get hold of him. Yeah, bank holiday in the UK at the moment. Just actually watching the Premier highlights um, on TV, we've got... Southampton versus Manchester United at the moment. Manchester United win that game 1-0. Pretty scrappy affair, to be fair. I'm trying to listen through the wall. Have we got Guy McRae of the UK? It's a bit of a rap tune, isn't it? Guy McRae from the UK. Just need to get a bit of a beat going. I'm just not sure what the second line would be. You earn your money in radio when you've got a Fill. And I'm filling at the moment. Not ideal. (laughs) Why don't you jump on the phone and talk to me? Have we got Guy there? Kane is making a run out to his right-hand side, and here is Kane. Kane shoots. Oh, and Kane's found the net. Henderson flat-footed. Such a precise finish. Richarlison. 2-0 with 10 minutes to go that might seal it there you go Spurs getting up over Nottingham Forest in the Premier League great to see Forest back in the top flight and interesting to see uh, Richarlison there with the assist for Harry Kane somebody that Guy McRae really wasn't that keen on coming to Spurs speaking of Guy McRae joins us on the programme out of the UK Guy good evening welcome Hey, hey, good rock. How are you, mate? Very you good? good, thank you. Very good, thank you. Hey, um, guy, I, I haven't given you heads up on this, but we've just been having a bit of fun the last hour. Our all black team's just playing awful at the moment, big controversy over the coaches, and it's time to move on. The all blacks just don't lose and we've lost a lot. And sure. so, and we were sort of talking about replacement, so we decided to come up with a Premier League or a professional football team that would make up a starting fifteen in rugby. Now, I don't know how well you know you. <laughs> I don't know how well you know your rugby in the keys, you know, the forwards and the different positions. But this is what we've got so mm. far, and I've got one question for you. So in our front row, we've got West Ham's Michael Antonio. This is what people have texted in, so I've gone with it. We've got Wayne yep. Rooney at hooker because we need a stocky guy that can get across the advantage line. <laughs> now, I don't know whether you know this gentleman out of Wickham, but we've gone with Adebayo, Akinfenwa.
0: Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a, he's a unit, as we'd say, in this
2: country. Yes, we've got him in the front row. Now, our locks. You need a couple of hard men at lock. So we've got Vinnie Jones. Yeah. And then we've gone for <laughs> we've gone to some height at line-out. We've gone with Peter Crouch. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. your, loose, yeah. your loose forward trio, you need a little bit of athleticism and you need a little bit of mongrel. So we've got Roy Keane at seven, which... Yep. Yeah. Number seven's always been sort of the signature of the All Blacks. You've got a good number seven, you've got a good All Black team. We've got Zinedine Zidane at eight. Yeah. And it's going to captain the. So we've got Neil Razor Ruddock out of Liverpool. I just needed a hard man at six.
0: You need a Liverpool man as well, yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I, there was a little bit of a bias towards There was a little bit of a bias towards that. Now, now we've gone for David Beckham at halfback. Okay, just yeah. a bit of a pivot. First five, eight. We went with, who did we go at first 5'8"? We went with, oh, we went there at Cantona, didn't we? We went there at Cantona. Then we had mm. to come up with the midfield, okay? So the midfield, we've yep. got Thierry Henry at second 5'8". We've got Steven Gerrard at centre, another Liverpool player, okay? Yeah. We've gone on the wings, we've gone with Alan Shearer, and this is going to be a nice segue yep. on what we're going to talk about. We've gone with Harry Kane on the other wing. Yep. Uh, and then we've gone at fullback we felt we needed a goalkeeper going with Schmeichel, right? But the question is, yeah. where do you put Paul Gazzagasco in?. Someone suggested back, someone me? I mean, suggested he said... the head of entertainment.
0: Head of entertainment, an important role in any team, the social secretary. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, th- I think, I think mate, that you need a bit more needle in there as well. And it's in- interesting what we were talking about yesterday. I mean, I put a couple of my current Spurs boys in there. I think that team's a bit nice um, well, who, at the moment. Who, who, needs, who, um... who are the bad boys of Spurs at the moment? <laughs> well, uh, well, we've got a couple there. I mean, one didn't play yesterday. Uh, those who kind of, should we say, you know, leave the foot in? I think you need I think you need that in a team sometimes and it's interesting with 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 Spurs as they develop under Conte you're seeing these kind of individuals. You need them in any team. Um, you know, for all the skill and everything that you've talked about. We've got Christian Romero, as if Andrew likes to do that. But um you, you mentioned, I mean, Richarlison there. Uh what he was doing yesterday against Forest was was uh, aside from the assist as well, was was frankly riling them up. I mean, there was keepy up in there as well. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, and then they tried to take him out, but they were clearly got under their skin. Uh, I mean, he's you know it's, it's what we've been talking about with Richarlison as well. This thing, this uh, these elements mm. that he that he brings to the the Spurs squad, to the Spurs team, which they haven't frankly had before. Uh, in addition to his quality,
2: I know. Just exchanging social media, you weren't convinced on Richarlison coming from Everton and coming to Spurs. Were there other fans similar to you? And what were your reservations initially?
0: Uh, To be fair, Mark, it was mixed. Uh, I mean, We were only a few games into the season. I've kind of quickly come around. I mean, I, I always said he was quality in the sense that he knew the Premier League. And, you know, your listeners, we all know that. A player that... Uh, has played in the Premier League, has scored goals in the Premier League, as he did for Everton. I mean, let's not forget, he plays international football for Brazil here. I just wondered, I suppose reflecting on this, I wondered where I was at in terms of the Spurs team. That front three is so established, or it's become so established. I suppose this is really where I was coming from, where I wondered where would he fit in at Spurs, when you've got Harry Kane, who we're going to talk about, you've got Son Heung-min, who won the Golden Boot alongside Mohamed Salah uh, last season, and you've got Dejan Kulusevski, uh, the Swede, who was incredible after signing in January, the signing of the January transfer window, uh, signing there for Tottenham Hotspur, the impact that he had. So I wondered where he would come in. Would Richarlison be happy with coming off the bench with minutes? But... I think maybe what I've underplayed here is this season, and we're going to start to see this now after this opening set of, uh, you know, of matches is that he's going to play. Uh, If you look at the schedule, the European uh, competitions, the schedule was just, you know, announced. It's crazy, frankly, with allowing the FIFA world cup in here. Hmm. Um, The teams are playing for so many weeks in a row, Mark, you know, all the big teams, if you think about it, the top six in the premier league, you know, your boys, Liverpool have got the same thing. They're well used to that, I suppose. But, you know, We could talk about that with Liverpool. They've not got the biggest squad there, so it's going to be interesting how they deal with it. But all the teams, I would say, have got this problem where they're playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, the whole time. So Richarlison's going to play, uh, and Antonio Conte said that. He's going to come in, and his great ability uh, is his, uh, if you like, his versatility. He can come in. He came on for Son Jung-min, uh, in, in terms of uh, yesterday's match with Forrest. But he could come in for any of those three, play across the line, uh, the front line for Spurs. And that's a massive um, you know advantage for Spurs to have in the weeks ahead.
2: OK, let's talk about Harry Kane, because I think this, well, not quite this time last season, but early, the first half of last season, he was certainly out of form. Conte's come along, he's become re rejuvenated under Conte he clearly wants to be a Spurs boy uh, playing back in the Champions League now there's talk about him at some point going past the great Alan Shearer, there are a lot of comparisons between the two, can he become Premier League's greatest ever goal scorer?
0: Well it's the question on everyone's lips because as you say, I mean, what a difference a year makes I mean I was going to Spurs uh, we were talking about it, do you think 12 months ago he didn't want to be there he hadn't got his move uh, to the Etihad, and it affected his performance. And I was thinking at the time, Mark, I was thinking, well, this isn't Harry Kane. Harry Kane has always been super professional and, like all the great goal scorers, very single-minded. You know, if you hear him on interviews saying, oh, I'm still a long way away from, from Alan Shearer's record, he wants that record. Everyone knows that. Um, of course, he's a while away from it still. You know, he's still 70, uh is 187 goals at the moment Shearer's on 260 at the top of the pile it's still a, a little way uh, to go there but what he's got is and we've been talking about some of these bits and pieces already is he's got a manager he's got an elite manager who's improving him all the time in Antonio Conte he's talked about that and he can see the development with Spurs you know Can Spurs go on and win the Premier League this season? Far too early to say that uh, at at the moment, um, uh, to be honest. But what I think he can see is he can see a team, a squad that's developing... At least can be seriously in the conversation for the major trophies uh, this season with how they've started, uh, who they've signed, how much stronger uh, they are. And of course, what you see of him already this season, it was amazing that he didn't score on the opening day uh, against Southampton. You look at the opening four games for Spurs, he frankly should have scored in all four of them. It's amazing he didn't score there. But since then, uh, of course, what he's managed to do, the massive goal, the equaliser at Chelsea that we all uh, you know, look back on. That's a, a huge result for Spurs there with the way they produce that. Uh, of course, the goal against Wolves. And then, of course, the two uh, against Forrest. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he can go over the rest of the season. It's a long way to go. What I would say with Kane, the one thing with Kane is, it's with all forwards, Mark, is he's had injuries over his career. Uh, you know, the ankles have been a problem. This has been the thing over the past, since he's come back and started playing his best football, uh, particularly since Conte, Conte joined the club, is um, that he's been fit as well. Now, is he going to be able to be fit, stay fit over the season with all those fixtures. So there's a, there's a lot of um, variables in this, but the way he's playing right now, uh, he's going to be up towards 200 goals. And then, yeah, let's see where he can go. Definitely, if he can stay fit months and years to come, uh, the way he's playing, uh, he's got a shot, I think, at overhauling Shearer's record.
2: Okay. You've talked about the hopes of Spurs, and I cl- clearly carry the hopes of Liverpool Football Club. But I just look at Erling Haaland, the latest signing for Manchester City, coming from Borussia Dortmund, the Norwegian. City over the weekend find themselves down 2-0. Haaland scores a hat-trick. It almost Mm -hmm. feels like they've completed the puzzle now. How much of an influence is he going to have on City and how much better are now Manchester City with him? Can they get any better?
0: I think the rest of the Premier League, Mark, I get it in your voice really as uh, as, as a Liverpool fan as well, are uh, frankly very worried about this now. I
2: think we're playing for second.
0: Wow, well, I mean that's quite an admission from a Liverpool fan. If you think about Liverpool Football Club and its mentality over the years to be four games into the season and to be looking at it that way. And I think that's the point you're getting at is that it does seem like it's the final piece in the in the jigsaw puzzle. Remember, Man City have won four Premier Leagues in the last five years, and they've largely done it without a number nine. I mean, they had Sergio Aguero around, one of the great Premier League strikers, who Harry Kane's just gone past, of course, in the, uh, recently in the overall um, standings. But Aguero didn't actually play consistently in, in Pep Guardiola's teams. Um, so actually, most of the time here, all these Premier League titles, they haven't played without a centre-forward, without a number nine. And you think about the history of number nines in the Premier League in English football, how important they've been. Now they have Haaland. My view on Harland, uh Mark, was that when I saw him sign there and what I've seen him do, is this guy's an animal in the nicest possible way. Absolute beast. He's made for the... For, for, for the Premier League, with his pace, his power, um, you know, Palace are a good team defensively. Uh, Ward and Anderson as well, two solid centre backs. We've seen over the over the first few games, just bullies them, uh, frankly, um, and he's not playing 90 minutes doesn't seem to matter i mean he gets 60 minutes 65 minutes he gets two three goals the whole time this is a guy i think who we could see getting 35 towards 40 premier league goals across the 38 game season by the end again if he stays fit he's going to be rotated Uh, we have champions league football coming up for man city Uh, pep has said that that uh, julian alvarez will get minutes as well but you know even if Uh, Haaland is rested for some games or whatever. Say he plays 30 games in the season, I could still see him getting 35, 40 goals the the way he's at because um, he has so few touches of the football, but he just makes it count. He is a complete, as I say, a a warrior, a beast, an animal uh, up there, and he just adds something. You've got all that quality at Manchester City, but now you've got a guy four, five, six yards out who can put the ball in the back of the net when they put it on a plate for him. And that just takes them, for me, uh, to another level now.
2: He looks like a Viking too. You could imagine him in costume on one of those Netflix shows <laughs> and he wouldn't look out of place, would he? He's just got all, a, he's just He's just that st- <coughs> stereotypical look of a Norwegian Viking. I love it. Hey, um, Liverpool, my mob, 9-0 victory over Bournemouth. They needed to make a statement and they made one. But I'm going to suggest they need to beat Newcastle on Wednesday night 3-0 and then beat Everton on the weekend. You've talked about the busy schedule to really convince everybody Mm. that they can back up what they did last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you weren't probably this way, Mark. But I I think people felt a bit sorry for Bournemouth. Uh, I mean, that was coming uh, the weekend, you go to Anfield with the atmosphere and everything else. Uh, I know that people said that Liverpool were out of form, but that squad still has got so much quality in it. And that, that was the problem for Scotty Parker's men. I mean, Scotty's a you know former spur as well. I mean, you, you feel a bit sorry for them because it was coming uh, overall with Liverpool. I, my concerns about Liverpool is still... As I said, are around uh, around that squad, around that midfield, it didn't really come out at the at the weekend because they got ahead so early on, and, and clearly there were some great individual performances in that in that nine nil win. Um, interesting, there isn't it that also. How many times that's happened? How many teams have hit nine? Uh, United have done it twice. I don't think Liverpool fans want to be reminded that that's happened twice and they've achieved it for the first time. But it doesn't happen very often. Spurs actually got a 9-1 as well uh, against Wigan all those years ago, back in 2009. Um, it's one performance. I think it's a huge boost. I think it's what Liverpool needed, of course, after the start of the, the season. It was just amazing that across nine goals, there was no goal involvement at all. No goals, no assists for Mo Salah. Um, I, I suppose you look at that as a good thing for uh, for Liverpool, but obviously they'd like him back on the the score sheet going forward. I'm sure he will go there uh, and, and get back there again. Maybe just need to start winning the matches, uh, you know, plain and simple. If you look at the start to the season being made uh, by other teams, the start that Liverpool have made, there's a long way to go in this season. I think it's something we've talked about already uh, this season on the programme. Uh, I think this is going to be the season like no other. And I know that's incredible to say that after the COVID seasons, but... This World Cup break, you know, whereas traditionally we say in this country the team that is top at Christmas of the Premier League generally goes on to win the Premier League, you're not going to be able to say that this time, I think, uh, come the middle of November when we break because, of course, we don't return till Boxing Day. Um, I don't think you're going to say that the team in the middle of November, unless possibly it's Man City, (laughs) who've (laughs) opened up a huge lead over everyone else, I I don't think you're going to say that with confidence because there's so much that's going to happen. But this first group of fixtures and now the European football again here the European football coming in for the big teams as well. How do they rotate their squads? Do they stay clear of injury? You know, there's concerns about Liverpool. Have they recruited, you know, could they have recruited a midfielder or two? Is that midfield getting older? That's one of the questions around which wasn't really exposed on Saturday. But, you know, all these things, can they handle that over the the days and weeks to come?
2: Yeah, just quickly on that, and then I'll I'll sort of let you go. Now it's a banking holiday over there, but there is talk that (laughs) Liverpool looking to maybe sign Barcelona's uh, Frankie de Jong. Uh, There's I hear there pretty much there might be a deal done with um, jude uh, bellingham what what 's your take what, what are you hearing
0: uh, yeah i 've heard both of those I mean I think they 'd massively improve uh, Liverpool in terms of the strength and depth of, uh, jude Bellingham of course is a, is a huge talent. Do they need someone Liverpool with the stature of the club where they 're at what they 're trying to go for i 'd say who 's a little bit more ready than uh, than bellingham bellingham 's an unbelievable talent uh, English central midfielder, but still, of course, very, very young. Has had those years at, at Borussia Dortmund as well. In terms of de Jong, that's an interesting one because he basically said doesn't really want to go to Man United, no Champions League football there, doesn't really see them as the force that they were. De Jong would be an interesting one, I think, with where he's at uh, in his career. Big money signing for Liverpool uh, to, be, to be making there. But I think the ones, uh, you'd probably go along with that, Mark, one that the fans feel that they need to make mm. in, in responding to Manchester City and the other teams as well. So, yeah, this is going to be really, this is another thing, you know, the closing moments, if you like, of the transfer window. Uh, you know, quite a few clubs still trying to get some business uh, done. You know, my boys at, at Spurs, we're even talking about making a signing there. We've made seven signings uh, in the summer. I mean, Nottingham Forest, we beat yesterday, they've made 16 and they're still trying to make uh, more here. So it's a reflection of the power of the English clubs, of the, of the Premier League, the media rights deals, uh, the money that they've got compared to the rest of the clubs in Europe, that they still, even if they've made a lot of... Uh, activity already uh, in the window. They can go on and do some more and they'll feel that they've got to because it's never been, in a sense, more competitive. You look at the top of that league, you look at Liverpool not at the top of the league, for instance, at the moment, but you'd expect them to get back up there. It's going to be so exciting this season with so many teams strengthening all the time, in a sense, just to keep up with the others. Um, so that's going to be the thing over the remaining days of the window. Can Liverpool add a midfielder? Could Chelsea come in and get one or two more? Uh, could Man United get some business done? Of course, have agreed the deal for Anthony from Ajax. You know, huge deal for them, but they felt they had to do it. You know, eighty million pounds plus. Uh, for Anthony to come in and try and add some quality. It's never been more competitive, the English Premier League, and that reflects in the need of a lot of these clubs, they feel, in the remaining days, to get some extra transfer business
2: done. Mm, Brilliant, brilliant guy, McRae, as always. Hey, good luck against West Ham, Thursday morning, New Zealand time, Wednesday night, UK time.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, as you know. They always raise it. It's their cup final, frankly, West Ham, when they play Spurs. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be another test for uh, for Antonio Conte and the team there to... Try and keep the
2: good stock going. Okay, enjoy your bank holiday. Thank you.
0: All right, cheers, mate. Speak to you soon.
2: Yep, 23 minutes after 10, you're listening to SENZ. Mark Watson with you. Guy McRae out of the UK talking all things Premier League football. If you want to have your say, telephone us here on 0800-150811. You can text us here on 8833. We've got plenty of audio too. We'll hear from a number of the managers, including Moyes from West Ham getting up over... Aston Villa, a lot of pressure going on Stephen Gerrard, who is managing Aston Villa at the moment. A lot of players, a lot of fans believe he's not perhaps the right guy. Got to start getting some results, Aston Villa. Big Stephen Gerrard fan. Did some good things at Rangers. There's not quite the patience, though, in English Premier League football. There is in other professional leagues around the world. There's only two types of managers, those that have been sacked and those that are about to be sacked. 24 minutes after 10. Loving the music, mate. Loving the music. I was just sending a text back to Guy McRae out of the UK. He was just stoked that we didn't bring up Arsenal. Spurs fan, they hate Arsenal. True him back. <laughs> He's having a bank holiday. Um, he said, oh, I don't know what happened at the top of the hour. I said, look, mate, you're doing us the favour. No dramas. Enjoy your bank holiday. Uh, anyway, hey, look, um, one of the big games, and I was curious about this over the weekend, and I was really hoping that Aston Villa would beat West Ham. I'm a big Steven Gerrard fan, and they've struggled just the one win so far. Um, And they ended up beating 1-0, and now there's a real call from Aston Villa fans to say that perhaps Steven Gerrard is not their guy, that it's not working. Equally, you had David Moyes with West Ham, who came away with the 1-0 victory after starting the season 0-3. Of course, they had a really, really good season last year. For much of it, we're challenging for a top four space. So I thought we'd bring you some audio courtesy of David Moyes first from West Ham, and then we'll go to Stephen Gerrard.
6: David, well played today. What pleased you most about your performance? <laughs> uh, obviously, the win. And uh, and probably after not playing well in the first half and and playing much, much better in the second half, we looked we looked a lot more like ourselves in the second half than we probably have this season. So... Hopefully there's signs that uh, we're beginning to get back into a little bit of rhythm. Were you pleased with the alterations you made at half-time? Well, you know, we we wanted to try and do something different. We hadn't done well enough in the first half. But the one thing about the first half was we were resilient. We stuck at it. We didn't concede a goal. We kept at it, which gave us a chance then again into the second half and trying to do something. So I was pleased with that at the end of the first half. But, uh, but obviously I wasn't pleased with how we'd played. The second half we played much better was that a performance that had been coming have you seen that developing over the last few weeks well I hadn't seen the first half coming <laughs> the second half I'd felt that we were you know we were beginning to get a bit more like ourselves and played a bit more, with a bit more confidence And but then I didn't like the last five minutes where we kept giving the ball away and giving them the ball back for them to have some more attack so uh, look the, the first win for us was, was really important today and uh, you know the players have worked hard to get it and they showed a lot of commitment, a lot of resilience as well. Was it significant that you played away on Thursday but backed it up with a win today? Yeah, and I think that you know the Thursday Sunday stuff is really or can be really difficult. And the managers who've been involved in it all know what I'm talking about and you know, something about it psychologically can can make it hard. And especially to come away from home after a Thursday game. So uh, great credit to the players. They've they've gone about it. We've had a, two good wins now with a good win in, in midweek, and we've got a good win today oh. away from home. So hopefully, this is a start, and we'll, we'll try to push on now.
2: Another one of those clubs. Oh, it amazes me just how popular West Ham is in this country. I speak to so many people, and you expect to sort of always hear the Liverpools, the Uniteds, Chelsea's, which you do, Arsenal. But almost the next team is always West Ham, East Londoners. Let's hear from Under Siege manager and maybe starting to understand the pressure that goes with managing an English Premier League team, It's former Liverpool great Stephen Gerrard.
6: About today's performance. Steve, what concerned you most about today's performance?
10: Um, we, we give a lot to the game. I can't fault the lads, effort, application. They, they've, they've gone out there and fought uh, against a really good, good opponent. Uh, we played ever so well first half. We were in control without creating an awful lot. Um, but I was happy with large part of our first half performance and then the game's in the balance. I said to the players at half-time, we need to go and take the points away from West Ham if we can, continue to do the things we're doing, control, counter-press them well, keep asking questions, but we couldn't find that bit of quality to get ourselves in front. Um, We were obviously unlucky with the goal we scored from a set play first half and then obviously a big moment went against us, a deflected goal, Um, Probably one of the only really attacks we faced in the game. And then the game became open end-to-end. We were obviously taking more risks. We were throwing subs at it to try and find that bit of quality to get back in the game. That left us open at times. Um, So, yeah, we're we're on the end of losing a close one, but we haven't got enough points on the board so that feels double tough right now.
6: Was there just maybe a lack of
10: imagination at times today? You could say that. Uh, A bit of quality, a bit of imagination, Uh, a little bit of luck like West Ham got. Um, but yeah we've done ever so well to say in areas of the pitch today and even at the end you know we're getting up around their box in good areas with good players on the ball but we just couldn't force, force a goal today.
6: Is it a good thing that you've got a game so soon after?
10: Well look I'm, I'm looking forward to the game I want to give these players the support they need, um, it's got to come from within. We haven't got enough points on the board, it's tough right now. You know Our fans have shown the frustration today and I think they deserve to do that because we expected to be in a better place than we're in but the only way to put it right is to roll your sleeves up, I'm in. Um, I hope the players feel the
6: same as well. How would you assess your start to the season then? Is it, has, has it been a level of performance that's been lacking?
10: I think it's results, that's the business we're in. Um, you know, different different things on different days. Last week against Crystal Palace, we were nowhere near good enough. Um, I thought the performance was a lot better today, but the outcome's the same, so we need results and need them quick.
2: Yeah, there you go. Um, he understands that too. Doesn't get easier though. Arsenal, Manchester City to come for... Aston Villa, I'm just hoping that they come right against Manchester City, to be perfectly honest. It is 25 minutes away from 11. We'll take a break. You're listening to SENZ. T- telephone number, if you do want to phone the programme, 0800 150 811. Anything you want to discuss, if you want to still have your say on the All Blacks. Uh, that window is slowly closing, um, but I know a lot of there has been a lot of discussion. A lot of people have been listening and haven't had a chance to have their say. You might be at home. You might have heard a lot of the discussion. Something might have got you engaged or got the emotions flown. If you want to vent or just have a say, happy to take your call. Uh, equally, you can text us through here on double eight double three. Have you seen the? Um, I got. I, I watched Flash on Netflix. There's a um, TV series on Flash, Flash Gordon. Uh, I don't know if it's here in New Zealand Netflix, or I used my VPN and got onto the American one and watched it wasn't too bad, actually, to be honest. I watched a few episodes. I was bored one night.
3: Don't really watch Netflix, to be honest. Mm.
2: Another one, Green Arrow, which is another one of those sort of um, superhero-type shows. They're all a bit clichéd. You sort of know how they're all going to end up playing out. But sometimes you just want mindless television, don't you, where you don't have to think? Love it. I get a lot of that. And then sometimes I need something quite deep and meaningful.
3: So what do you pull out when you need that?
2: Oh uh, I, no! I I just like I, I like shows like Breaking Bad and The Wire and uh, things like um, Ozark's a little bit dark, not always as predictable, uh, not always necessarily going the way that you think they're going to go. Anyway, uh, we're talking some English Premier League football. We just decided we'd put a bit of a spotlight on that this hour. We've got some. Um, Audio now from Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool struggled so far this season. Two draws and a loss coming into this game at home against Bournemouth. Bournemouth newly promoted. You felt that Liverpool going to click, and they did 9-0. Let's hear from Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp.
4: Jurgen, you've just equalled the biggest record in the Premier League. How good were your side today?
7: Very good, very good. Obviously, um loved the start in the game. It was exactly... We wanted to show reaction, reaction for ourselves, um, being ourselves, being the, um, or getting close to the best version of ourselves. All these kind of things. That's only possible if we put direction into our game because we are, um, we play a specific way, and um, for that you need, we need direction in the game, and that's what the boys put in from the first second. Then um, scored wonderful goals early. Game got settled a little bit, kept scoring. Then 5 0 for half time is obviously a strange, but uh, uh, an outstanding result. And then it was about um, keep going because uh, not to humiliate, humiliate Bournemouth not at all. We couldn't respect them more. Just again for us, it's early in the season. It's pretty much if we said before the game. We could, should start the season, or result-wise as well. And um, that means it's not about now controlling it. It's about um, um putting the opponent under pressure again and yeah wonderful goal started immediately with the, with the six and then after half time yeah um could on put bring on the kids so they deserve it so much um Fabio with a special with a special player and a um, wonderful goal um so yeah everything was Mm. perfect, pretty much.
4: Lots of stunning goals to choose from. Um, Harvey Elliott obviously getting his first Premier League goal for Liverpool. You've spoken there about Fabio, but also Trent. That was some finish.
7: It was. Actually, I don't like it too much when a player is like 30, 35 yards away from the goal and the whole crowd is like, Um, but in this case, obviously it worked out pretty well. And um, yeah, Trent showed his technique, was involved in a couple of more goals. I don't know exactly how many, but um, yeah, good game. It was uh, important, important for us today so to get it off the chest, just come on, Now let's play football. I we know Wednesday in Newcastle will be completely different, we will watch them tomorrow and uh, so many things. But for today, uh, the mix of um, great weather and fantastic football, um, we don't have that often <laughs> at <laughs> Liverpool and um, so we should cherish it.
4: And before the game we were talking about the habit of conceding first, will you certainly put that right today?
7: Yeah, at least we don't have to answer the question now anymore. That's already good. And um, yeah, how's that? It's uh, um, a, a really good day for us today. Cannot say differently. But um, we will for sure not get carried away.
4: And just finally, how important is it to then build on this ahead of Newcastle next week? It's all
7: about. It's all about. Um, we, we, we all know if you want to be successful in this league, um, you have to be. You have to show consistency, and um, and that's what we have to to start doing now. Because, um, we, but that's actually used to be a strength of us. Just um, that we that we don't when we found a way that we don't stop and that's what we have to do. But again, completely different opponent, big quality, new striker and blah blah blah. But we will watch them tomorrow. Analyse starts tomorrow if you want. Um, and then we will see how we, what we can do against Newcastle.
2: Yeah, tough run too. All these seats um, sides if you heard Guy McRae there, just such a packed calendar with this World Cup. I mean how how on earth FIFA legitimately gave the World Cup to Qatar, which is normally held in, you know tournament's normally held in June and July, but it was too hot. So they looked at everything, but underestimated just how hot it would be in Qatar in June and July, and player welfare, and decided they had to move it. In fact, every major league competition in Europe and around the world, clearly, you know, the bribes were that big. The bribes were that big, tongue-in-cheek. Well, not really. I think everyone knows. Um, Look, we will take a break, and then we will come back here and hear from another one of the colourful characters in the English Premier League, Antonio Conte. Okay, let's um, finish this show um, with hearing from Tottenham Hotspur manager Antonio Conte, who has performed miracles at Spurs and really turned this club around. A contrast from 12 months ago. Antonio,
9: that was an incredible, intense football game.
11: And I, I sense it would be one that you enjoyed. Yeah, but uh, you said well. Uh, it was a really intense, this game. A lot of noise around the pitch. Uh, and uh, for sure, uh, I understand uh, for the players, for, especially for the opponent. Uh, to play here is not easy. It's not easy, and uh, because you have uh, one team against, but at the same time you have the the crowd against against you. Uh, but I think uh, uh, we did uh, we suffer suffer in the right way, but I think at the end uh, we did well. And uh, in this type of game uh, you have to be ready to uh, to be compact, to suffer, and then uh, to create chances. I think. Uh, we get many chances to score today, and uh, but Nottingham Forest is a really good team, it's not easy to come here and uh, to, to get three points.
9: And your front three, or we could say front four, because we can include Richarlison in that, always will cause the opposition problems. However much the other side might have possession of the ball, you know that on the counter-attack those three, four players are gonna, are going to give you chances.
11: Yeah, but uh, I think we have to be good uh, with the ball and without the ball. And uh, for sure, when when uh, we have the ball, uh, uh, today we develop a good uh, good offensive situation because uh, uh, yeah, uh, sometimes can be a counterattack. But when you come to to press us uh, very high and. Uh, if you are prepared to uh, overcome this pressure and uh, you have a lot of space to, to attack and we have strike very good to do this with the ball i think uh, we are trying to to work and uh, to, to to improve but to dominate this game is not easy it's not easy and uh, at the same time i think at the end uh, we deserve to win to get three points uh, and uh, now we have to rest to recover energy uh, because uh, we have to play on. You know, Wednesday I guess with them Your start to the season is absolutely outstanding 10 points from 4 games
9: you've got to be delighted with that
11: Yeah and our start was uh, was good but uh, you know very well it's important in Premier League in this tournament to try to get 3 points in every in every game because uh, when you drop points and then uh, uh, in the future you can uh, complain no? About uh, about this point, this uh, the point that you dropped. I think uh, we have to continue in this way. It's not easy. <laughs> I know very well every game is a, a really a really sporting war for us. But um, another cliché day, uh, we scored two goals. We get the chances to improve, and um, many players. I think uh, my players are improving. Uh, in uh, in many aspects, we have to continue to do to do it and uh, to trust to trust in ourselves. Uh, but we have to know very clear that uh, in Premier League there are uh, teams really really top teams, and uh, we want to try to to fight you know with them. I like the expression "sporting war." It was yeah. definitely that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, it's always uh, it's always a sporting war because uh, and uh, after a game. Uh, and there is a winner, there is a loser. Oh. Uh, also, if you you do, no? and uh, if you want to be competitive, uh, the, the draw is uh, half, half defeat. I think that uh, in our mind has to be every game, every game has to be a sportive war for us, and to try to, to keep the opponent.
2: Uh, yeah, look... Um... I hope you enjoyed that. Just thought we'd cover off a little bit of Premier League football. Uh, someone has texted and Hi Waddo, a lot of stories on social media that Jason Ryan and Scott Robertson have had a falling out and haven't spoken for the last two weeks. You heard anything? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, I hope that's not the case. There's a lot of innuendo out there, isn't there? A lot of Chinese whispers. That's why the word Chinese whispers exists. Um, but it's hard to keep a secret these days. Really is, if that that is the case, then I'm sure it will come to the surface. There's just too many ways of getting information out. What's the what's the old saying? I think in the ganglands or whatever. How do you get three people to keep a secret? Make sure two of them are dead. Uh, It's a little bit like that. Hey, Ben, uh, thanks for tonight, mate. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. Um, And I enjoyed those. I I genuinely enjoyed those golf interviews. Sorry, the darts interviews. They're fantastic and just a real nice mix and balance between management, the players. And, yeah, I thought you asked some really, really good questions. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate it coming with. Which is great. Sorry? Not too long. I think you got the length right. You know, there's always a danger. And I still fall into it. I still fall into a lot where we can go too long on something. But,
3: Oh, mate, you, you, you're boosting my ego. No,
2: I'm not boosting your ego, mate. I'm just telling you how it is. This is an industry where, mate, you only often hear when you don't do things well. So, you know, sometimes you just need to pat on the back, mate. Appreciate you know, it. It's a sport that you're passionate about. You took your chance. You went down there. You've clearly got a good relationship with them. And, look, it's good for them as well. Appreciate Dart it, They should mate. be really happy they've got a guy like you in the media. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, that is pretty much us done and dusted. Appreciate everybody that's phoned in, listened, texted, If you are travelling around the country, do take care. It's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.